Yo, what is up, guys? How's it going? Hope you're having a very, very good evening, morning, afternoon, night, wherever you're coming from. We're back for another episode of the Group Up Podcast. And with me is three awesome guests for the great ELO Hell debate. Guys, how you doing? Good. Pretty good. Doing good. <laughs> good, good, good. Okay, I hope everyone's excited. You guys have been asking me for something like this for a long time. You guys always say, you know, you always bring these GMs on stream, you never get the real people's experience, you know, the real average player's experience, you never you never address it. So here we are to address it explicitly. So what we're going to do here, we're going to discuss the idea of ELO Hell, but more widely, just the rank system, what it's like playing in the metal ranks, which a couple of these players are from, which they will tell you all about in a second. So what I thought we'd do, just so that everyone's on the same page and we understand everyone's POV and rank journey, I thought we'll just go around quickly introduce not only who we are, but what our rank journey is. So for context, for example, I'm SVB. Uh, I started playing Overwatch when it went live. Uh, I started in gold, and in about season 7 or so, I got to top 500. I dropped out a couple seasons later, and ever since then, I've been hard stuck master. But uh, for the last year or so, I've been practicing my off rolls. I was a tank main, Winston Ryan, in pre-roll lock. And for the last year or so, I've been getting my support and DPS up as well. So I managed to climb them from gold to master. So both those roles. So I've basically seen the entire of the spectrum from gold and above. But bronze, silver, I don't have any uh, lived experience with, though I have coached many players from that elo. So with that as the setup, we'll move over next to Cupcake. Cupcake, how you doing? Great. Great. Uh, so, give us a rundown. Yeah. Yeah. I so I started playing Overwatch in in beta, and when I ranked season one, I was a Mercy main, of course, and nice. I think I ranked about I don't know because it, it was different season one, so I think it was equivalent to like gold or plat or something like that. But I made Mercy and I climbed to diamond by season two. And then from like season two to season eight, I've consistently climbed from like diamond to masters. And I think I dipped into GM like twice between season eight and season 10. And so I was pr pretty consistent between like diamond and masters uh, up until like season 12. And then I switched. I was I got burnt out on Mercy, and <laughs> I needed a change, and I switched to Ana. And I season twelve, I switched to Ana, and like it just went downhill from there. I think I my first it was my first season ending like in plat as Ana in season twelve, and because it was hard, Ana was a hard character for me to like adjust to, especially after Mercy. So I think it was like. Between season 12 and, I don't know, 16 or something, I, w I was pretty consistent between, like, Diamond, I don't know. So I've been all over the place, but I definitely, since I switched to Ana, since, like, season 16 or something, I've just progressively just gone down, and I've been hard stuck and usually plat uh since then like i might peek into diamond but then i'll go back to plat and then the last few seasons i've even like dipped down into gold and then back into plat so um yeah that's that's pretty much where i'm at i still made on i still made on now but it's still a struggle still still sucking mm. plat and it's an interesting one that we can definitely come back to later because obviously the hero element is quite interesting there obviously with mercy you were able to reach a higher peak but having mm -hmm. switched over to ana which again some people say ana you know the better hero to climb on but 
you know, you've kind of found life harder. <laughs> so I'll yeah. come to A10 last because A10 is kind of this, the, the variance here. He's too good. He's much better than the rest of us. I'm going to go to Adova Kitty next. So Adova Kitty, would you like to just quickly introduce yourself? Hey, yeah, I'm Adova Kitty. I started out um, pretty much back in 2018. So I think I started around, maybe that was season 12. Um, I was a Tracer main um, and I was kind of just sticking around silver, gold. I did a lot of Mercy too. And... Um, so I kind of stayed around that doing, just playing those two heroes for quite a while until Roll Queue was announced. And I kind of switched back to just going into support, like strictly support. And um, I was a Moira one trick and I really loved her. I played some Mercy here and there, but really just stuck on those two heroes. Um, I was able to climb just with those two heroes up to um, gold. I stayed in gold for a bit, for actually quite a while. And I actually upgraded to a desktop computer. I was playing on a, um, I was playing on a laptop and I was able to get to plat. I felt like that really helped. And um, then I was able to hit diamond and then masters just solely on Moira. And um, so I've been kind of sticking around just on Moira, I, I kind of switched to Mercy for a little bit and stuck around Plat Diamond with her. But um, so that's kind of where I am still, like around Diamond, switching from Mercy to Moira. Okay, so another another support player as well, which is again maybe something we'll revisit how you guys have found your unique experiences with the role across the ranks as well. And now to round things off, A10, you can feel Dude. free to flex on us. No. I actually also started out as a as a Mercy main. Like when the game first came out, I was I always played supports, so she was the my hero at the beginning. And then I kind of quit. And uh, during the summer games, I came back and then met Zarya, who uh, met Zarya. Yeah, it's just <laughs> fell in love. love with like that sort of like tank slash DPS. And then and then that season, I got to to masters. And then next season, started climbing. It's like a slow progression that just didn't stop. And then uh, yeah, ended up. Climbing, getting really high elo, got into contenders, played for there for a little while, then swapped to DPS after GOATS, because Zarya was the, the hitscan player. Messed about with that for a little bit. I've done some World Cup as well with Team Netherlands. We uh sixth place. It was, it was really like underdog. It was insane. One of the like best experiences of my life. And uh yeah, then I became a little bit of a ladder warrior again, back to Zarya, just top ten, top ten. And now I'm kind of washed up now. I'm, I'm starting to go back down because I'm doing all these unranked GMs and I'm losing a lot of that skill and practice. So, yeah, floating around. Well, GM you are around. getting many, many accounts to GM though, which is impressive in <laughs> of itself. But again, yeah. you know, so to try and summarize here, guys, we've got quite a spectrum here of players who've, who've kind of bounced around a lot. I think all of us who've played Overwatch for a while have bounced around a little bit. It's very hard to consistently stay at a certain rank. Yeah. And, you know, we've got everyone from... You know, people who have been stuck in a, the lower end of the, sp the ladder for a while or, you know, the resident A10 here who's just, while he might be, you know, humble and say that, you know, he's not as good as he was, he's still, again, able to, you know, make make accounts to GM very quickly. So, with that in mind, I'm going to kick us off with the spiciest question off the bat. Guys, does ELO Hell exist? Anyone want to throw out any any spicy takes here? I'm going to go around clockwise otherwise. Cupcake. I don't know. It's like yes and no. Like, 
it feels like it exists for sure because I've been stuck in the same ELO for so long and it is like, it's hell. But at the same time, I don't know if like ELO hell technically exists because I feel like a lot of my issues are just within myself, maybe not even like the whole game, but it's like, I choose to solo queue. Like, you know, I don't really... You know, I kind of stick with my same heroes, you know, like, I'm not as well versed. I don't play Lucio, I don't really play a lot of Zen, so, like, sometimes that hurts myself. So it's, like, it feels like ELO hell, and sometimes it's, like, you want to blame everyone around you, but then sometimes it's, like, okay, there's things that I could work on, and maybe if I did work on those things, like, it would change. So, I don't know, it's, like, yes and no. Hmm. Yeah, I think well, it's a fair take on it. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Aiden. I'm just going to let you go. I just want to quickly actually okay. I realize I didn't define ELO Hell. So let me just, for the benefit of anyone who's listening, who's like, what is ELO Hell? Uh, basically, cool. most people would define ELO Hell as an, a rank where the correct things are being punished and you're forced to basically, well, basically playing well would not result in a victory because the rank is so messed up that whatever behaviors it's learned into itself are unique to the system that it's supposed to promote. So if we take the case of Overwatch, you know, doing the right things on, let's say, Ana, you're doing the right moves, but it doesn't doesn't let you climb because your tanks are so bad that they're actually making you do the wrong things just to, you know, survive in the game. So with that in mind, A10, go ahead, take it away. Yeah, so I was going to say, like, to the people listening, because I make a lot of educational content, I've, I've got a lot of YouTube comments and, and Twitch for that. There's people out there that, like, are fully, like, can blame Elo Hell. I just want to say to them, no, okay? It doesn't exist like that. I, I think it's more of a, I think... Cupcake said it really well. It's like that mental creation where it's like, Elo Hell can be every Elo. It could be Masters, could be G it could be GM, it could be right the whole whole spectrum. It's just that I, I feel like Elo Hell is kind of that self creation or that mm -hmm. self fulfilling prophecy or that like further to be Elo Hell, there has to be Elo Heaven, right? <laughs> unfortunately, there's not really an Elo Heaven. It kind of goes the whole, yeah, it can feel like Elo Hell everywhere. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that definitely is my experience because like, I play Ana. Mm -hmm. So realistically with Ana, it's like it, a lot of it's like common sense. You know, she's a ranged support. So you ideally would be like, you know, high ground. Da, da, da. But in like Plat, like I've had to learn to adjust that because the way maybe my team plays and if I'm too far, like if I'm back where I'm supposed to be, but then my team just like rushes past the choke and then like they're out of line of sight. So yeah. I, ha like, I have to be more ready and closer to be able to follow them and stay, you know, line of sight to them. So it's like mm -hmm. a lot of times I feel like I can't play the way that I'm supposed to. And I've literally adjusted to it for so long that that's like my play style now. Like I'm, I'm more of a frontline auto, which is, like realistically is uh, not, that's not how you're <laughs> as a player, but it's like a lot of times the the I can make it yeah happen. Or if it's like, overtime the amount of times if like if i'm not there to you know contest no one else is like everyone's just going off and whatever so it's like i can't be the one to stay safe where i'm supposed to because i have to disappoint you know like a lot of that and it's like it becomes really frustrating because mm. i know i'm not playing her the way i like should or the way i want to because i have had to adjust so much i was about to say you were, yeah go ahead Oh, I, um, it, I absolutely agree with you. Like, if you're watching videos on how to play Ana and they're playing in GM, 
you're, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to use some of that information because your teammates are not doing really what GM teammates would be doing in Plot. Yeah. I've, I've noticed that a lot too. To listen yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, I will, I'm, I'm, ha- I'm not afraid to use comms. I'm not scared to like use comms. I don't care if people like talk to, it to me like, oh girl, it doesn't phase me at all. Like I will make, you know, comms, but if they're not there to listen to them, like at least just, you don't have to talk either. Just like listen yeah. to me. But the, if they're not in comms, which most of the time they're not, especially in, like flat right. Highly little as well. <laughs> a lot of egos in every, across the yes. spectrum. I think I think that's yeah. one thing. We'll we'll definitely return to that in a second because A10's kind of alluding to the idea of Elo Heaven. And I think that's one thing that mm-hmm. a lot of players hold on to, the idea that somewhere along the line it'll get better. But I think at least from the most of the players I've spoken to who've kind of gone across the spectrum, it doesn't it doesn't really there are things that get better, but there's things that don't. Um yeah. And what I wanted to allude to, so what you guys are both saying, Adobe Kitty and Cupcake, is this idea that, well, if I was to watch a GM player, if I'm if I'm watching like ML7 in a top 500, I can't necessarily take the things that he's doing and put them into my games, right? Is that why unranked GMs are so popular constantly as content uh, amongst the Overwatch community, A10? And, you know, this is, is this why you kind of choose to do them so much so you can show people how to win in plat? For me specifically? Yeah, you, well, yeah, you or yeah, anyone for, else yeah, in general. Yeah. Uh, yes, I, I think that... I, I There's a lot of people who have been like, oh, I, ha- I have to see the footage in gold. Or like, Ethan, do this in gold, or do this in silver, or do this... Uh, and so for what I've done, or at least for me personally, is that I make my ranked GMs more about like the macro as a whole, so that like I could show people how to apply those like step-by-step rules, right? So like, if you take all these fundamentals that can be applied anywhere, uh, the, the issue with that is though, like, if I do it in plat, it's, you can still do the same in gold. If I do it in diamond, you can still like break that thing down, and then like adjust it to your to your scenarios, so to say. But the issue I have with like that is that then some people don't really do that. They just don't. They don't want to like um, transform the information. They just want to be told precisely what to do. So I've had people come and be like, "No, you have to do this in bronze." You have to do this in silver. Oh, eight ten. You can never get out of bronze. It's too hard. Or like this won't work here. Da, 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 da. So, for me personally, I feel like the fundamentals will trickle down. It's just that, like, you know what I mean. Like an average is showing that. Yeah, yeah. So what you're saying is kind of it's better to teach the the foundations and let people try and apply that themselves. But yeah. sometimes people are unwilling. Yeah, for, there's some people out there. But for a lot of people, it do, it does. Yeah, I think it's pretty successful actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I'll open this up to Adova Kitty first, and also Cupcake. What is, what is your, what's your experience been with kind of trying to improve in the game in educational content? Like, what is it that you find is helpful, and what do you find is unhelpful? If you, if you consume any at all. I mean, I find all of the content that like I've seen on YouTube, I find it pretty helpful. I think like Overwatch players always have room for improvement. Um, like you could be top 500 and you still, you're, you still need to be open for improvement. Like Overwatch is constantly changing. And, um, I think it's good to get ideas and other people's view on how to play other heroes. Um, just cause you need, you need to like, you know, be open to change. And I, I think that's something a lot of people aren't open to and, um, I, I think that there is a lot of good content 
you can get, you can find from other people. What kind of content do you personally benefit the most from? I really like watching, um, like, I don't know some of the, like, I can't remember some of the names, like some of the other content creators, but um, the ones, the videos online where it's like top tips you could use for these Archie? heroes. Yeah, 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 I think so. Um, but like just learning like tips on certain heroes, I think is good. Um, mm -hmm. Like I really enjoyed watching the ones on Moira. I, I like hearing what other people have to say on how to play different heroes. Mm -hmm. Cupcake, what about you? Do you find stuff like Karku's one tip for every hero to be the kind of the most helpful stuff or do you prefer something else or do you just not consume content? Because that's a large number of players too. Okay, I'm going to be completely honest here. I don't watch a lot of content. I don't I don't watch YouTube videos. I don't watch a lot of streams. I have always like when I play something, it is very much so always like trial and error like through my own experience, and that is absolutely something that I know and have always known is something that holds me back because there is so much to learn from other people and watching other people and you know taking advice and you know like Adova said like a lot of people just aren't willing to like learn new things or whatever and I'm I, I'm not really I'm not not willing to learn new things like I want to learn new things I'm just I don't know uh I don't know if it's because like I'm really stubborn, like I'm a tourist, I'm super stubborn, but I'm like, I can figure this out on my own. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. So a lot of it's just my own trial and error. And sometimes it, you know, it works out really well. Like when I, when I did play Mercy and like I got to GM, like I never watched anyone's content. I never watched YouTube videos. I never, I mean, it was all just things that I learned and figured out like on my own. And there's part of me that like takes pride in that. I'm like, yeah. And I think I've tried this whole time to do something like the same thing with Anna, but I like I haven't I haven't really learned as much as I probably could if I did watch like you know YouTube videos. Yeah, and you shouldn't you shouldn't be shy because the thing is that we can often get into sort of a warped view warped view of what the community is like because chance are people watching this stream or later watching this on YouTube they are the kind of people who consume content, but the vast majority of the players who play Overwatch are not, right? So they are, the vast majority of Overwatch players are like you. They probably have seen, you know, very few, if any, videos, especially not necessarily educational stuff. They might watch the odd entertainment content. But so many people are like yourself where they just want to tune in to the, you know, they just want to log into Overwatch at the end of the day, maybe after work or maybe to relax and just want to play for a bit. They don't have the time to consume content. And that's where I guess we get the discrepancy between a lot of players uh, where some people are trying really hard and they think they know all the ins and outs of the meta and other people are kind of like, hey man, I'm just vibing. And the other yeah. point I wanted to quickly touch on before I kind of take it to the others to see what they have to say is what you're talking about, I think is a very natural and important principle in the lifespan of a game because there are innovators and there are perfectors as, my, as I might call them. I think when a, when a game is new, you tend to see the people like yourself who are kind of trial and error, right? So the people who tend to rise to the heart, this is true of any game. And I often think of uh, StarCraft II as an example of this because the most famous, perhaps esports casters of all time, uh, Tasteless and Artosis, they talk about this a lot, that early in the game's life, like StarCraft II, which is a strategy game, or even Overwatch, the players who are kind of more trial and error, the players who pick things up more quickly, they tend to rise to the top first because 
They're, that's what they're good at. That's their skill set, right? They're good at, you know, I can, can I figure out the, you know, the, the sort of inner workings, the basics of Mercy, right? Can I figure out how to get the maximum out of Mercy or out of Ana, Zenyatta, whoever it is? And eventually they'll reach a level and other people will learn from them, right? Other people will watch them. Other people will say, okay, look, that, that's what XYZ is doing. Because you can think about a lot of innovators in early Overwatch, right? The likes of Seagull. Uh, I'm thinking like Animatic maybe for Mercy or, you know, people of that ilk who were kind of big names of a hero to start with. But as, as the game progressed, there became other people who were much more dominant at that hero, much more well-known. And that's because that's when the second phase of players tends to come in. The players who are good at perfecting and uh, kind of building on the principles that the others set, right? So there are some people who are very, very good at min-maxing. Because I think, what, five years into the life of Overwatch now, we're in the min-max stage. We're at the stage where people are getting, you know, every split hair out of Ana reload cancel or animation cancel, right? So gone are the days where just being like, hey, I think if I position here and use the nade like this, that's really good. Like no one's really thought of this, but that's really good. And I think something that's something I struggle with as well. I tend to be in your category, Cupcake. I'm much more someone who's better at trial and erroring and figuring stuff out for myself. I'm not so good at perfecting. Uh, I wonder if A10, you're maybe more of the perfecting category. How do you feel? Uh, for me, my improvement throughout video games and, and my career, I really like that analogy, though, the way you look at it. For me, I don't know if I'm... Yeah, I might be the perfecter. Because I'm not very good at figuring things out or innovating, like... One thing I've learned over time is that the reason I got good in Overwatch at the beginning is I had a friend who was semi-pro in beta and then he taught me and he gave me that information. And then when I have that information, I can take it in. But like, uh, I I look, always look at ML7. He's, any game he touches, he's so good at like figuring it yeah. out. He's got that natural, right? So he's really good at like picking it up and da, da, da. that's not a skill that I have. I've, I've always needed like others to give me the information, but when you give it to me, I can integrate it. And then grind that out, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. Because nice <laughs> sometimes it's like you, you feel like you have to. I don't know, like I don't know if it's like you have to prove something. It's like, oh, I need, I need to be the one to figure this out. But I mean, you're basically saying it's okay to not be the one to figure oh, it out. Sure. It yeah. like it's totally fine. Just be the one to just learn and retain it, and then you know use it. Yeah, yeah and I definitely was... need to, to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not a slide at all, because I think, again, everyone knows inherently that you have your own skill set, right? Some people are good mechanically, some people are good tactically, mm -hmm. some people are good, you know, alt tracking or other things like that. And I think this is just another extension where some people, again, like you said, A10, like ML is is really good. Like you put him in any yep. game, he'll get He's, to, yeah, you know, the top 10% or whatever, whatever, you know, yep. a really high percent. And there's, again, Seagull, I think, is another great example. Like you put Seagull in any game, he's got that kind of mind where he's he'll kind of poke and prod and figure this out. But... Again, I think the the current age of you know best players in the world, they weren't they wouldn't have thrived at the start of the game, but they're thriving now because they're really good at taking in that information and pushing it to that next level. So everyone has their own skill sets, um, and I wouldn't you know on your front, cupcake, I wouldn't beat yourself up about being one or the other. Just embrace what you are. And on that yeah. wholesome note, Adoba Kitty, where do you feel on this on this topic? Where do you land? I I mean I absolutely agree. Like there's just People, everybody is different and you have different ways of, you know, putting your skills into the game. It kind of reminds me of like how um, I've known like several coaches um, that they enjoy coaching people in Overwatch, but they just, they've told me they, sorry, my cat. <laughs> 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 um, 
they <laughs> one other barrier to climbing is pets mauling you yeah during games. basically i've had my cat turn off my computer before during a comp game so that was fun but um like there's a lot of people that coach overwatch um they like they'll help coach their friends coach people but they've told me they're like oh i'm not really great at overwatch like they might be hard stuck flat hard hard stuck goal like they can't climb but they can they can teach people how to climb like to masters or gm um it's just it's cool i mean there's you can just put any of your skills into the game and i don't know i i like how overwatch is like that like there's just so many different play styles yeah the famous example that everyone always uses is like crusty is only plan yeah. the coach of the san francisco yeah let's go Although I, although I saw a funny tweet he made where he was like, someone said that and he quote tweeted and he was like, I was once GM guys, all right? Like, cut me some slack. But, you know, again, even <laughs> the coach of the best team in the world can be hard stuck plat. So you're right. <laughs> there is that um, discrepancy. But on that note, is there any other things that you feel like are maybe misconceptions that people don't quite get about Overwatch, particularly with, with light to... Um, you know, being in the ranks at Adova Kitty and Cupcake, you guys are, but also A10, you've seen the what I call the metal ranks, right? Uh, Plat and below. Yeah. Because yeah. again, I, we were, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I um, I was just gonna say, like, yeah, I um, I've I don't think like a lot of people that have been in the lower ranks they really like know what's going on in those lower ranks, like. Sometimes I really do believe in ELO hell because of just the amount of throwers I've had, especially weekend games. Like I've had yeah. a lot of throwers in weekend games and sometimes like there's nothing you can do about it. They'll just have people constantly jumping off the map and the lower the rank I go, like the more I see that. It's, I don't know, it's kind of crazy the amount of people I see do stuff like that sometimes. Same. Like some days are worse than others. Like. I could I could get on I could hop on a gold account and everybody would be in comms everybody would be great mm -hmm. all right it, it's just and then some days you know just three games in a row I've had levers or throwers yeah that's definitely my experience too I agree like there's days where I'm like I'm feeling it like I'm doing really well but then it's just like game after game after game where someone leaves or someone yeah. rage or someone like nah, throws and I and I like will have a bad day and I'll keep trying and trying and trying and it's just like so consistent and even just like within the last couple of weeks I dipped into gold and like my first game into gold one push and like like the team wived and then the tank kept going and then he's raging in chat he's like why is my team not with me and it's like <laughs> we're respawning and he's like ah and then he just stands still the rest of the game because he got mad because his dead team didn't push with him you know and it's like that's that's my experience like a lot <laughs> yeah it's like how like how do i climb when i when this is what i have to work with because like that like, okay a lot of things are my fault like there are things i can learn and do and be better but things like that that happen all the time that's not my fault you know yeah so i agree with adoa so much yeah i don't want to be the bearer of bad news but i mean it probably doesn't happen as much in in, in lower ranks but it, that that's stuff happens it happened, in, yeah. in a high as well like especially like, masters it feels like it's an ocean yeah Maybe big my, egos and in my master's yeah. games I've, I've experienced so much like ego like yeah. it's it's crazy like if you don't do something that this guy wants you to do then it's unacceptable like the games it's just gg 
Yeah. Yeah, don't worry, Aten. You're here to be the bad guy, right? Because you're the uh, <laughs> you're the one who's seen it all. So you're kind of here to to say, actually, that again, it's the Elo Heaven thing, right? You're here to say, yeah. actually, that doesn't that doesn't really get better. And anecdotally as well, I played yesterday. I think I played ten games, and I think like three of them had levers, uh, and uh, on my team, not not on the other team, and like yeah. a couple more at like you know somewhere. Not on the other team. It's always your team. Yeah, it's always you know, <laughs> but that is you know one the nature of anecdotal observation is that you know we kind of fixate on the games where we had levers, but not when the enemy team had levers, because we feel like we deserve the wins when they had levers. We were already playing oh, yeah, well, like, we were I'll already winning. <laughs> and yeah, you just you just say you take it. But yeah, is say, that kind of... There's Go not ahead, that many... I was going to say to you. Sorry. Yeah, there's, there's not that many levers in high though, I will say. Like, levers mm -hmm. are more rare. So mm -hmm. that could probably be a lot more uh, common in low but It could also be due to PCs, maybe, or... Yeah, it could be just... Maybe um... ranges. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes it is out of nowhere, and you're like, "What just happened?" So it's not yeah, because you well. have a bad internet connection or something, and it's just unlucky. But that seems to happen. I don't know. No, no, I, I, I can understand. There's, there's more, there's more levers in, in low elo for sure. Yeah, uh, I just, I for sure. it's like the people that are like more casual players, they're not mm -hmm. going to be like super high rakes. Like they're, they're not going to care more about their SR. So. I, yeah. I feel like the lower you go, that's why you see more levers for sure. Yeah. Where people are yeah. like, oh, I have class, I gotta go. Like that happens so <laughs> like, much. And you're like, then why'd you queue up? And yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, like that happens way too often. You I know, get emergencies, like, but class, like, yeah, you it's like, that was gonna happen. Cool. That's a time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so. Is there? No, I mean, and, and these are all things, again, it's great to hear from you guys as well, because these are things that often, you know, as A10 said, I see in my YouTube comment section a lot as well, where people say, well, you know, it's all well and good SCB, but, you know, you don't understand. There, There is like a crap ton of levers here, like people just throw on a, on a, on a drop of a hat. Is there anything else you'd want to add to that pile of like, you feel like this is just, this is, you know, because you guys have been to Master in GM and stuff. So is there anything you feel like is more in, happens in gold and plat more so than higher up? Well, it's been so long since I've been in the higher up rank. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I think that's pretty much covers the the majority of my experience is a lot of levers and throwers. I mean, like over the small like like I said, the smallest little thing will set people off. Like we get like like that game that I was talking about, like that was the like second so first round we did amazing and it was just, you know, attack round that like, we defended really well. We, like, we didn't even have to push it all the way, you know. But our attack round, I mean, that was it because someone got upset over something really small one time. That's in. Yeah. That's my experience a lot. Have you, like, noticed maybe the lower you go, the more, like, sexist comments you get? Um, to be honest, like, I... I mean, there was definitely a time where it was so excessive for me. And I think even then it was probably when I was in around like Platt. I don't really get it a ton anymore. Like I still get it, but it's not as much as I feel like a lot of people would think. And I don't know why that is. And I don't know if it's like, if it was worse when I was meaning mercy and it's like all of a sudden just because I'm not meaning mercy, it's like people are less likely to like yeah. me, which is like super upsetting kind of to be honest because that was a big reason why i stopped playing mercy was because not a big re i did get burnt out on her but another part was i just could not hand like i couldn't take the like 
oh, you're just immersing me and you got boosted. Yeah. Yeah. Get carried. And it's like, I've literally have only solo queued my entire Overwatch career, but okay. You know, it's like. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I've been experiencing it. Like uh, the account I've been playing um, recently on stream has been like plat. And it's just been, I think every single day, I've been getting at least two or three sexist comments on like per game. Like, I don't like not every game, but like maybe two or three times. Yeah. Stream. Like it's insane. Um, I've seen it a lot more in my like lower, lower account. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. probably. I would agree. I was going to say like, I, this isn't explicitly what, you know, the, the debate, but I really would want to dwell on this a little bit more because it is, uh, you know, another facet of the, of the many parts of this whole equation and you kind of alluded to something there, Cupcake, because we've had discussions about this before on the podcast, and often, you know, female players have said, "Yeah, like it's like this. It's kind of this can't you know catch twenty two situation where if I play Mercy, people blame me for playing Mercy and call me boosted, like you said, or you know, as e girl or playing my boyfriend or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if I don't play Mercy, and let's say I'm a ju- I'm a judge to play badly, even whether you're playing badly or not is besides the point. If the team says you're playing badly, they'll flame you because you're not playing Mercy, right? Oh, well, you sh- you're playing Ana, you should just play Mercy. Yeah. Is that something you agree with, that sentiment? Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't think it's happened as much lately. Like, honestly, a lot of times... I think I have more games than not than where people are like, oh, Ana, you're so good, like, you saved my life, you're amazing, da 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 Which is, like, really rewarding, you know, it's great because when you do well and, like, your teammates, like actually have nice things to say it makes you feel really good but I think it took me a very 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 long time to get to that point because when I was learning Anna and I did fall so far and I like fell to plat as I'm like trying to learn like get more comfortable with Anna and I would like not do well and people would be like oh you're so bad like you can't like you're missing your shots and it's like well yeah I'm missing my shots that's why I'm in plat you know it's like if I didn't miss any shots I wouldn't be in plat so um, definitely it was a lot of just switch to mercy type thing. And like, it's like, well, how I, I need to, I need to keep trying with Ana to get better at Ana, right? And I, I can play as much quick play or whatever as I want, but it, it's different when you're in ranked, you know? And it's like, I know that I can do well, but it's like people don't even give you a chance. If you mess up one time, that's it. You know, you're going to get flamed for it and you're going to be, you know, someone's gonna be like switch to mercy and then it's like oh you're just a mercy main so yeah and it's it's really shitty that that happens and adova kitty like you play moira right now right like is is that some the same on moira or is it different somehow on on moira it's been pretty hectic recently like um just yesterday i had somebody tell me like hey you should not be on moira you need to be on mercy like get on mercy Mm -hmm. so i don't i still get i think i still get about the same Right. Obviously, A10, I, I didn't come to here because because we don't really have yeah. uh, anything relevant to add to this conversation in that sense. But have you well, noticed I, any... I do have a story. Go ahead. My girlfriend ahead. was yeah. playing the... Um, I don't know, it was like a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. And she was just playing with somebody else. And this guy literally just stopped playing the game because um, she was getting boosted by this person she wasn't partied up with. You know, just, mm. Oh, yeah. Um, I've seen that a lot. Absolutely just, you know, yeah. shit behavior. I've... I believe that because even yeah. at, like if I'm playing Ana and there is a mercy, like a lot of times I might not be the target of the you know like the hate or whatever. It's to the mercy, and a lot of times like they're doing fine, but it's just because they're playing mercy. Which again, this is a bigger not I don't know. It's 
part partially a reason why I stopped playing Mercy because I just it was just I was always so frustrated and it's like I'm sorry that I enjoy her and then I happen to be pretty good with her and then like I climbed with her but it's like I would rather play Anna and get good at that and be talked less you know trash talk to for it I guess to be honest like I don't know because the reason why I even have yeah yeah and like I when I first started playing and I was doing really well with Mercy and that like that's when it started like season one was whenever people started talking about like Mercy mains and boosted and like that's when all of that started it was literally in season one by season two I was like Okay, so I did used to play a lot before I streamed. So the account I have now is an account I made in season two just to like prove myself that I could get to GM like solo queuing, you know, by myself, never do it with anyone. Like, like you can't say I've been boosted because I've only streamed <laughs> and I made it to GM. But guess what? It never stops. It never no. stopped. That didn't make yeah. any I, I difference. That one too. <laughs> it made no, and that's when I realized I was like, it literally does not matter how much you prove yourself like if people want to talk trash to you or put you down they're going to no matter what so it really doesn't matter uh, which yeah, is why everywhere. i tell people to just play what you want like if you want to play mercy play mercy it doesn't matter nothing will prove. people are gonna t like talk trash to you no matter what yeah. so yeah. play what you enjoy i soloed 100%. moira and i soloed her all the way up to like 3.8 and i've just been boosted. That's what everybody says. It's like, oh, you're just boosted. Like, there's just going to be comments like that no matter what. Mm. Yeah, it's yep. cheap jabs just to try and... Exactly. And that's why I solo queued. And I got so used to solo queuing. Since literally season one, I've, I've never had like a duo partner or like a group that I play with. Like, literally never. And that is also something that I know has like held me back. Because it's so much easier, which when we started doing the tournament, uh, the Overwatch tournament, like, a few weeks ago or whatever, like, that was the first time in a very long time I was actually, like, playing with a group of people. And when we did, I was like, oh, my God, this is so much fun. Like, yeah, this is good. way better experience. And so, like, the last month or so, I've, const like, constantly been trying to group up with people. Like, I don't even want to play solo queue. I don't, like, I don't care if anyone is like, oh, you're playing with so-and-so, you're getting boosted. Literally don't care because it's so much more fun and that's literally all yeah, I that's care great. about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say this is a real shame because, yeah, what you're describing is like a soft barrier as well, right? Like, there's, you know, obviously being flamed is, is, is a barrier enough, right? Because it makes you not want to play the game or... Let's mm -hmm. say even if you continue to play, maybe you don't want to participate in voice chat anymore and, you know, maybe that would have been beneficial to your team. But on top of that, yeah, if you're solo queuing, uh, some people choose to solo queue and that's fine. But of course, you know, self-imposing that because of the perceived, you know, the perceived hate that you're going to get, mm -hmm. that is, like you said, it's a soft barrier, right? It would be, it, I think A10 probably agrees, it's you know, usually optimal to climb in duos, right? Duos are usually yeah. uh, the best ways to climb. So yeah, being yeah. denying yourself that opportunity is another soft barrier. Um, A10... Do you feel like there's any, like, changes in mentality, like, across the ranks? Obviously, again, maybe we don't notice the sexism so much because we're not the women talking, but do you notice, like, as you go up and down, like, any differences in just how players are behaving or talking? Uh, well, since the high, like, high ELO community in EU is, like, tiny, it's really small, so they're, it's pretty toxic as well, I'd actually say, that they've got their own, like, set group, but, like, as it goes through the ranks, uh... 
I don't spend too much time in Loi though, so I can't give a proper answer to that. But I do mm-hmm. notice that Masters is generally the kind of like, oh god, you know, here we go again <laughs> area. So yeah, that's where yeah. I put my money on that. I feel that on a spiritual level. And yeah. you you also obviously like myself sometimes head over to NA. You're you know, we're both EU, mm-hmm. sometimes head over to NA. Do you feel like there's any regional differences in that regard? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. The game's a lot smaller now. I'd say back in the day there definitely was. I will honest honestly, back in like season 14, I used to uh, stack with some people and then we'd go to NA because it was free low. It was it was much uh, <laughs> easier. But that's cuz like the time we we queued as well. But uh no, I think there's an insane amount of talent in NA and an insane amount of talent in EU in both of them, honestly. It just depends when you queue and who's on at the time and that kind of RNG aspect. Mm-hmm. So. But no, like, anecdotal thing where you're like, I kind of feel mm-hmm. like... Because some people will always tell me, they're like, oh, oh yeah, SVB, I, I think tangents. EU's worse. No, no, no. Like, some people always tell me, like, oh, SVB, yeah. I think EU's worse. I think NA's worse. Like, you don't you don't have any coin on that one. No, I don't. I don't. I think it depends. EU generally is more stacked, I'd say. They're, right. they're like always on alt accounts but generally because there's just so much less people there's just less people and it's just mm-hmm. so you know um flooded with players it could be more random i'd say mm-hmm. yeah okay uh adovicity or cupcake anything to add on that because i don't want to cut you off if there's anything else you want to say before i kind of ask a, another question on a different note i don't this, think i got... have anything to add no i was gonna I say if you've got any grievances air them now idea. I think we covered quite a lot of our uh, experience. Yeah. Well, you're you know you're explicitly here to vent, so you know there's I don't trust me. There's there's for every for every thought you have, there's many people going to come into the YouTube (laughs) comments. They're going to say exactly this. Made me think of something because I can't remember. You were bringing up like um. Oh God, I I can't remember specifically. I'm 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 missing it. But basically, the point was like uh, a common misconception that I think people have is that. Like as you go up in ranks, that people will be, be more mentally sane, or they get nicer, or da 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 da. And that's not explicitly what I'm saying. You were saying, but mm-hmm. I was just noticing. I think you were talking about like something in in that uh, general area. But like, bad people are bad people all the way through. And I think that's for like mm-hmm. the audience to know. That's like, just because somebody's got a bigger SR number, it doesn't make them a better person. It doesn't make them less Absolutely like toxic. Agree. It doesn't. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes the opposite. The more they climb, sometimes it even gets worse. I feel like just because of like yeah. ego. Yes, guess who has a lot of like if the people at the top probably spend a lot of time sitting in their room grinding. They're not going to necessarily be developing social skills, right? <laughs> <laughs> and they often like fixate more on their SR as well. I think. Right. Yeah. Again, anecdotally, sometimes when I'm in gold, where people are a lot less. I mean, sometimes they're not, but sometimes people are a lot less worried about twenty-five SR because they're just here to play for fun. Yeah. I just don't but get sometimes. it though. Like, what? I just don't understand why people like do people not see the difference between playing a game and it being like everyone's nice and like just communicating and just you know versus like flaming and throwing like is that actually fun for them like i just don't understand why all games can't just be everyone's like let's play the game and like be nice to each other and encourage each other like i don't i don't talk shit to anybody like if anyone like messes up like i don't make anyone feel bad i don't like pick on them but it's like you mess up one time people are like it's like why can't everyone just it's counterproductive yeah it's so it's, like as yeah. soon as anyone starts opening their mic to talk crap to anybody that's when the the whole team dynamic just goes like down and then yeah. there's like no recovering it so it's like w- why even 
Now, people do with stress, like, like the yeah. stress response. Some people can naturally, you know, they get hot headed or whatever, and some people are more chilled. It depends on like, I do a lot of mental work for like downright gems and thinking about all this kind of stuff. So it's like a whole like, it's, it's honestly like a development as a person. A lot of the stuff that I've learned myself by improving my own mental and, and growing from that, that mm -hmm. applies to other stuff in life as well. It's, it's actually kind of cool how it all comes together, but. For me, because I was I was definitely toxic or sar or what's the, what's the word when you're kind of sarcastic, uh, passive aggressive. Sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I had an issue with that as well. All, all these things that I've had to like recognize my triggers, work myself through, and then. Oh, definitely. Like them. I mean, yeah. I'm not perfect either. There's definitely times where it's like I get really aggravated. Especially, I don't know. A few years ago was like peak for me. I had to learn a lot, literally because of Overwatch, because of the people that would talk so much crap to me and like. Mm. I mean, I would get so much like sexism and everything else, and I w it would make me mad. And then yeah. I was just stooping to their level, and I mean, mm -hmm. I would go off and I would like embarrass myself, even like when I'm streaming. But it's like I'd get so mad and be like, "I'm gonna stand up for myself." But I had to mm -hmm. learn like the hard way that you don't get anything out of that. Like you have to be really mindful about like what's happening in these toxic situations and the things that are being said to you. They're really not about you. Like the things are being said to me, they have nothing to do with me. It's just that person is having a bad day or they just are like, you know, a mean person or whatever. Yeah. I don't have to react every time. Yeah. And that's something I really try to like convey to people who watch my stream. It's like I like the, the situations I get with toxicity, it's like, hey, see, I get it too. Like when it happens to you, it has nothing to do with you. Just like it has nothing to do with me. So I've had to learn to be mindful to not like given to those situations i think i, I still give in sometimes <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you have to give in I sometimes when they're really being dickheads you have they're to not perfect know. i mean i have my <laughs> moments too but most of the time you know do you agree yeah i feel like overwatch has really taught me how to just not care what people think of me um, also, you know, streaming has helped me with that too, but like, mm -hmm. just, you have to build, you have to like harden yourself to play games like this, like competitive games. And, um, I, I feel like it's really taught me not to just care, like give me that mind, that same mindset as you cupcake, like that, that they're just having a bad day. They, they really, it's nothing to do against you. It's what their problems are, yeah, whatever they're dealing with. Yeah. So yeah. I absolutely agree. Hey guys, SVB here. Just going to quickly interrupt this episode of the Group Up Podcast to say that if you're enjoying this content, then please do consider signing up for my Patreon to support me directly. It's really amazing because it allows me to keep making content like this carefree, regardless of how many views Overwatch does or doesn't get. I know no one likes sellout ads, but chances are if you've listened till this far in, then you're at least somewhat enjoying the content. So please do consider at least leaving a like, a subscribe, and a comment underneath the video on YouTube. It really does help, but that's it for me. Now back to the discussion. Yeah, I find Overwatch can be quite cyclical in the sense that it's a lot of like one person is having a bad day and they get passive aggressive in chat. They bring everyone else down. Then you go, you know, you lose the game. Next game, you're now the guy who's a little bit salty, who's a little bit passive aggressive because mm -hmm. last yeah. game, some, sometimes, you know, I'll be playing a game and someone will come in and they're like, the first call out they make is really salty, right? Like, can we not pick this comp? And it's like, chill, 
you could just say and that you know in a different yeah. way but of course yeah. you know it's easy for us to notice the other people being salty but the tough part is realizing that when we're the ones who are yeah. coming into that game with that baggage and a little mm -hmm. bit salty a little bit uh, you know pre-tilted is what i like to call it like pre-tilted and ready to go and i know there's something that a10 talks a lot about in his you know all your videos a10 you know the mental aspect is something that i know you're very focused on i i personally and i'll then pivot over to you what you have to say but i personally find that the times when I was the least stable in that sense, when I was being the most salty, was when I cared the most about my SR in the sense that I somehow exactly. felt like the number would validate me, right? Mm -hmm. Like the, if I get wow. X number, then I'll prove something to some people. Again, kind of what you were alluding to earlier, Cupcake, where it's like, if I can get GM with Mercy Solo, then I'll prove something to some people. Of course, as you realize, as I realize, as everyone I think eventually realizes, there is no magic number, there's no achievement mm -hmm. that yeah. fixes all these problems. It's like, I, I don't yeah. care what my rank is. I just want to have good games that are enjoyable with good teammates. That, Which like, is still hard sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of times. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> it's like, it that doesn't happen a lot. So. But yeah, A10, I, I think that's that. a, a lesson that I've, I've always tried to tell players. is just, you know, stop caring about the number because I think the people who really obsess over the, well, if I lose this game, I lose 25 SR. Yeah, outcome driven. That's where it really or goes. I, I did a psychology degree and I kind of brought it into or like the qualitative dissertation part. It wasn't big. That I, I it, was, it was it was pretty small, but I kind of focused on this as well. And so when I realized that it's like that, it's the meaning that you attribute to the game. Like how much does this game, the outcome matter? How much does it like, right? The more meaning we put on it, the more likely people get tilted. Like you cannot, I feel like the meaning or like a, that value is always there when someone's tilted. There's always like that extra pressure so like i 100 percent agree with you on that yeah absolutely i think it's easier said than done i think the other thing we have to remember is there's so many different types of people who play the game right there's everyone from your 15 year old coming yeah. back from school to you know the 50 year olds who are you know gamers for life kind of yeah. thing sorry you were going to say something a10 if i could i could talk about like the kind of the, the solution i i kind of please got do to yeah go ahead that. please do it's like it's like it's, it's, well, it's what you said earlier as well, like recognizing when you're getting upset, recognizing when you're in that state. And then I had to find my triggers and why I got upset. And I had to like, instead of, it's it's actually, it's difficult to not, you know, it's difficult to think straightforward, but the more you like understand yourself, the more you can just avoid them, the more you can uh, reassign the value. So instead of being outcome driven, like you're, if you're, why are you pressing play? Like are you pressing play to win the game? Oh, good luck. You're you're gonna get throwers, you're gonna get levers, you're gonna get it's not gonna happen. It's not hundred percent. So then I try to teach people like, okay, find something else to focus on. Maybe uh you wanna work on positioning or timings or flanks or the map or or whatever it is for the character, and then find enjoyment through like the pretty much the journey, right? You can find enjoyment in having a good time with like a couple of saying, just having a good time with people. Like making sure it's a it's a good game or having fun then. Mm -hmm. People often just stop yeah. getting as tilted because you're succeeding while losing Yeah. on top you of many other things. You don't buy a game to like argue. You buy a game to have fun. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Yeah. And even if you have that one person that's throwing and you know, it's going to be a loss. I find that sometimes the most fun games I like in that situation is you have other teammates that like, that are like you, that's like, okay, like, why are we throwing right now? I don't get it. All right, well, we'll just kind of pretend like they don't exist. We'll just keep playing and, like, we end up, like, laughing and having a good time and 
still enjoying ourselves, even though we know it's going to be a loss because we have a whole person that's literally jumping off the map or whatever. But we still find a way to have fun. It doesn't have to be like everyone's upset and mad and angry at the person throwing. It's like, well, we can't really do anything about it. We can't make them yeah. not throw. We might as well find a way to enjoy this time that we have. Yeah. You know. I, I've always seen like if something like that happens, the other team, the one that's like not having a thrower, they'll be like, hey, I'm sorry. Do you want this achievement? Do you want the yeah. Yeah, achievement? True. Like, I think that's yeah. like really sweet. It's like gamers coming together. Yeah. Well, at this point, I'm this gamer is going to have to come in and be the bad guy here because I'm, I'm already anticipating. I like to do this. I already like to anticipate what the YouTube comments are going to criticize me for when I'm hosting. So I'm, I'm going to bring this up here. Mm-hmm. Is Does the game promote some of these more toxic behaviors and uh, to keep it relevant to the topic help create elo hell because if we take something like uh this this toxicity for example one of the one of the sources is that there's a really vast discrepancy in the knowledge and also the intentions everyone playing right so i think this is really key in ranks like plat and gold some people are playing in there they watch overwatch league 24 7 you know they know everything they've memorized the uh, io stucks goats document page to page you know whatever it is that they, they've kind of spent their life on it and then there's people who just log in and, and and you know they're just playing the fun and competitive is ultimately where both sets of people end up that's one source of tension people will say well stuff like private profiles gold medals these also create false positives for players to feel like they're all the ones doing well and yeah. the teammates are bad and therefore you know nobody starts looking at their own gameplay everyone's flaming everyone else and again, these all create systems which allow people to sit in their rank and, and pat themselves on the back. So does the game actually encourage these kind of behaviors? I think that will always be unavoidable no matter what, because players will always hook onto something. So within that context, I don't think the game necessarily like does it explicitly. But I think one issue of Overwatch is like it doesn't teach you a lot of these fundamentals. Like you'd be like I got to 4.7. Well, actually being pretty bad at the game. I just <laughs> abused the ladder. I abused the system. But then when I got a coach and I actually learned now that I'm like that that guy was bad. Like now I've now I understand the fundamentals, I understand all these other things. And like I said, I'm not innovative. I have to be taught something, some of these things, right? That's through coaches. That's through all these other people. So I think that then in lower elos, like they don't have access to that information. So then if they, they'll start getting upset, or why is this not happening? Why is da 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 da? I think that's uh, kind of where the game creates that, I guess. Maybe, hopefully that made sense. Maybe I got yeah. lost in my mind. Yeah. So what you're saying is like the ladder system isn't actually teaching people the right way to play. Yeah, there's no like actual like natural resources. It's just like that F1, da, 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 da. there's no, there's no, the, all these fundamentals are more, can be more abstract rather than shown. And I think Blizzard could have done a way better job at making sure that's available for people, genuinely. Cupcake, Adova Kitty, either of you agree, disagree on just the premise of this whole thing? I agree. Um, I think like the like the metal system can definitely cause some toxicity, but I mean, yeah. I don't I think it also can be fun for the gamers, like just as much though. Like I don't know, I think like as a DPS seeing that you got a gold medal, it can give you a sense of like 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 you did good. Um, I, I think like people just decide to use that. Like if, if 
if Overwatch implements hog literally players. anything, yeah, hog players basically. <laughs> like feeding or like, yeah. yeah, you have golds because you're feeding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I I just think that like anything Overwatch could put in the game, people will use for toxicity. Like if somebody's gonna be toxic, there's gonna find they're gonna find ways to be toxic in the game though. So I, it's like a yes no for me, um, but that's kind of where I stand on it. Cupcake. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think that it's, it's like, yeah, there's so many different mentalities towards the game. And, like, you know, you the way you think differently than other people. Because, like, in those situations, you have, like, if, okay, if I'm in a situation and I'm playing Ana and I have, like, gold, you know, elums or something, I'm, I'm not sitting there gloating and being like, well, I have gold elums as Ana, so obviously, like... I'm better or you know it's like I know that's not that's that's nothing to do with anything it's you know I don't know but the way that people do take those things and turn it into something toxic that then brings the team dynamic down and you know kind of sways the whole I don't know the, the game to go a different way I don't know so yeah I think people always find something and make it a toxic situation when it doesn't have to be but it's like, how do you, how do you get everyone else to be on the same page as you, and to not look at those things to to gloat about or to yeah hold it over someone's head or to start a you know a little bicker on the team rather than figuring out why that's happening and what needs to change and how to do it as a team. Yeah, I guess I can add on to that. Sure I don't have gold elims as on it, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. I, I agree that a lot of players who are also new to the game when they come in, like. Their only measurement of like success will be those medals. Cause I get a lot of comments of like, Ethan, I'm losing with uh four golds all the time or da 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 da. It's like which is fair, right? Like yeah. for them, that's their own yeah. system. But then on the other end, it's like that, that there's more to the story. So Yeah. I don't like look at them to be honest. I don't look at my yeah. the only thing I'll look at is like, oh, if I do like twenty K plus heals as honor or whatever, I'm like, oh that's cool, mm-hmm. you know, but it like I don't typically focus on those numbers because yes. the grand scheme of thing is how you work as a team and how effective it was, regardless of what your medals or the numbers are. Yeah. yeah. And kind of going, yeah, kind of going like by what Aten said is also like a lot of the new players coming in to Overwatch, um, they're from other FPS games. And all of those have like a metal system that are more important to the game. So I just think a lot of people can use the metal system to be toxic too. So I do agree with that a lot. Yeah, it's funny. The metals is one of those things where I think that the majority of the community is like, metals mean nothing. But I'd be lying if I didn't say that there wasn't some part of me when I'm like really feeling annoyed at my team. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm bronze damages in Yada. One of these DPS is absolute garbage or something like that. You know, like <laughs> yeah. some, sometimes it, it does creep in these behaviors. It's quite easy, even though we might reject them. It's quite easy to fall into them when when we're, you know, really feeling quite salty. But I did I did have a, again, I'm going to start getting a little bit more spicy with these questions. Um, and I'm going to direct this one at Cupcake. Don't worry, you guys. I've got ones coming for the others too. But I, another thing, I'm again anticipating the YouTube comments. Someone's going to say, well, Cupcake doesn't watch content, right? She doesn't watch content. Yeah. She doesn't try Which to learn. Enough. She doesn't try to I learn and improve the game. Yeah. I don't want a player like her in my competitive mode. Like, I play comp because I want yeah. to improve and I want to get better. 
Cupcake is not watching content. Cupcake is the kind of person who's ruining my game. And Cupcake is the kind of person who should not be playing. What would you say to them? Um, okay, and that's fair. Because, I mean, part of me does, like, part of me does agree. Because I think that I would be even better if I watched content or, you know, took advice or whatever. But at the same time, it's not like I'm completely, like, not understanding the fundamental of my my job as like Anna. It's not like I just because I don't watch content or like, you know, spend a bunch of time like researching me like I gotta be the best. I gotta do the best plays. Da, da, da. I'm still I'm still able to, you know, do my job and understand the mechanics of the game and what 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 we need to do and how we need to do it and where I need to be and who I need to be focusing on. Especially because I guarantee you if I am the person put on any of these people's teams or like, I don't want her on my team because she doesn't want to go, I guarantee you, I will be the one using comms. I will guarantee, <laughs> I guarantee you I'm the only one trying to push communication or trying to push coordination, especially with like a plat team. I will definitely be the one, you know, trying to communicate with my tank, you know, like when I can see you or where I need you to pee or where, where you need to be or where I, you know, when I can nano you or whatever, I'm going to communicate it. And that is like huge in itself is communication which a lot of games lack and that is something that i make up for is and who doesn't want a teammate that tries right like, yeah exactly it's like i'm, I'm the one trying and like and i'm you know i still like i land my shots like i can heal you know it's like those, i'm gonna keep you honestly, alive those people are unfair like the, the person says like oh they're the one wanting to improve and they're the ones that like i don't want that kind of player or whatever like that kind of stuff it's like they're delusional. It's like, if you truly want to improve, focus on the things you can control. You're not going to control the teammates you're going to get in your game. Like, yeah, you can focus more, more on yourself. It's like, yeah, and what you can do. Yeah, a lot, I feel like YouTube comments is a dangerous place. Yeah, for some I don't, of these I don't usually sure. read them, to <laughs> be honest. That's good, well, good. <laughs> yeah, I don't read them. Like, anything I've ever done, people have something negative to say, but it's at the same time, I read it and I'm like, yeah, you're like, it's definitely a different you know, point of view than what, than what I have. It's like, I feel like a lot of people are, you know, even people that watch my stream, they see I'm in plat, but they're watching, like, like I'm, I land my shots, you know, I give really, I give off really good nanos, like I'm, you know, communicating with my team, I'm trying to coordinate, even if they're not really listening that well, like I'm still, you know, kind of take charge and coordinate our team. And a lot of times it, it's like saves us in certain situations. And all people are like, oh, I'd love to have you on my team, even though I'm yeah. flat and I don't watch content, but it's like 100%. a lot of people don't have that on their team, you know? Uh, yeah. I, I don't think you need to watch content to like climb or like validates a player or whatever. Like it literally sounds like you're better than a good teammate. You know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. try, you're you're coming. It's... I mean, I can improve. Like I'm, I definitely, like, I don't think Everyone I'm like, <laughs> oh, I should be in masters. I don't think that I should be in masters Good. or anything you know those it's people like... will be typing at you those are the ones that like are oh yeah if, it, if anyone's like oh she's in, she's in plat and she should be in like master no i don't like you know maybe no, 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 i mean if like I they did... themselves think they should and then they're like oh yeah. yeah 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 but like it's like i maybe if i did watch content and i did you know research more or whatever then maybe eventually I but know. like you know i think that i probably am fair in my rank between like plat maybe even diamond but like 
you know, I'm not saying like, oh, I should be way better, but it's when I'm like dipping into gold and stuff and I'm like, you know, there gets to a point where it's like, oh, I don't, I don't think I should be here necessarily, <laughs> but you know, it's, I don't think, yeah, I, I, I definitely have room for improvement for sure. But I also know that I'm a good teammate for my rank for sure. Well, I land my sleep darts. So. <laughs> I'm going to quickly ask if Adobe Kitty has anything to add. And then I got my question for A10. Um, I, I kind of agree with like, there's sometimes where you just absolutely dip farther down than where you think you should be, but, um, Oh, we'll it, come it, to that. We'll come to that. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> so I'm going to bring that up too. Don't worry. It kind of makes me truly believe in Elo hell, but. I don't know. I, I also stand with what I said earlier. Like it's just a, it's all situational. Overwatch is just a very situational game. But um, I mean, I very much agree. Like there's always, like I said, there's always room for improvement, and just good players know that. So I, I okay, do agree. Well Okay, well, we're being too nice here. We're being too nice. <laughs> I, have to, I have to ramp it up. I'll, I'll actually defer. I'll come back to A10 in a sec. I'm going to probe on this line of inquiry here. So, Adobe Kitty, do you have, have you ever dropped to a rank you feel like I shouldn't be here? Yeah, like, first, I, yes or no? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, I, therefore, uh, could there not be a, a large swathe of other players who feel like, hey, I'm the same. So, when I'm complaining about Elo Hell, it's because I've dropped for whatever conspiratorial reasons the rank system is doing to me. I've dropped for that reason. Therefore, Elo Hell can exist because I can be in a rank I shouldn't be in. Yeah, I mean, I really think that, like, with Overwatch being such a situational game, like, everybody could have their own, like, different stories, like, different things happening. So, I mean, some guy really might be going through Elo Hell if, you know, he keeps getting, like, super unlucky with his games or... I, I don't... I mean, of course, like... If you're hard, if you're truly like amazing and hardcore caring, then like I, then it's it, like I said, it's situational. Like then you wouldn't be in that rank. Like you would be caring, but sometimes you just can't carry yeah, bad I, people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But at the same time, all the people that do like, because a lot of times I'm like, how how am I supposed to carry a support? You know, when I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and I'm communicating and people are just aren't trying, like, how do I carry as it's work? But then you watch people do, like, the bronze GM and they're like, well, they did it. So yeah. I'm like, I can't say anything because it, it can be done. So that's when you have to, like, kind of look at yourself because they're like, well, other people have done it. So I should be able to. Like, It's difficult. Overwatch yeah. is a really difficult game. Like, straight mm -hmm. up. It really, really is. Yeah. For sure. I, I concur. Like, I think... There's especially when there's any team-based game, I think a ladder system becomes very difficult because if you're running like a 1v1 game, if it's chess or Starcraft, it's still Finance. fairly straightforward because, well, here we go. It's 1v1. One, one, one. one person is better than the other. One person deserves to go up. One person deserves to go down. Or especially if you get them to play multiple games. Or maybe they win one game out of luck or they cheese their way to a win. But you get them to play five, ten games. The more games you get them to play, that one person who's better will come out on top. Not always the same for Overwatch because there's so many variables, not least the many teammates in your lobby. But A10, it seems like you want to chime in here. Uh, yeah, I thought about that one as well. But the way I've always explained that is like, because you're right, the, 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 the ladder, the matchmaker just has a number like four person, right? That person could be having a good game. We all have bad games. We all have good games. We all have whatever. We're too tired. We've been playing too long, blah, blah, blah. So for, it, it's just impossible to 
get that consistency of like those amazing games where everyone's coming and having a good time. There's always going to be like that super randomness, the the bad teammates, the everything to it. I I don't think that's fixable, or I don't mm. see a world where that's fixable really. Well, that's an area. We'll again. I think we'll come when we're coming towards the end. That's definitely an area I want us to focus on and what maybe we'd like to see changed and improved. Okay. But now I'm going to come to this question A10 because again, I know there's going to be people begging me, begging me, SAB, talk about Smurfs because you none of you mentioned it in the misconception section. But this is the number, maybe number one, maybe number two yeah. thing that people always say to me when they're like, you know what is the biggest thing actually, SAB, that you forget when you're playing in whatever <laughs> you play in is the number of Smurfs and A10. Some might be listening to this podcast and they might be watching this and saying, Shameless. you got Chief, Chief Smurf over here, A10, <laughs> who's got, you know, so many, so many unranked GM accounts, so many accounts. He's been throwing so many people's games, hundreds of games, whatever, thousands of games. So yeah, what leg does some what leg does someone like A A10 have to stand on when he's out here ruining the games of good, hardworking gold players? Yeah, I I some sometimes the way I could look at it is multiple ways. I have smurfed a lot. I've done a lot of smurf games. I, I have ruined a lot of games. I put my hands up to that. Shameless, right? Uh, there's like multiple reasons for that. But uh, what like that? Yeah, the way the way I've always explained smurfs to people that 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 say that because some people will be like, oh, smurfs are great. You get you get to get pooped on and you get better. You get to learn da da da. Because uh, it's impossible to learn without losing. That's just that's just like, like the number one rule of everything, right? So it would make sense to think like, oh, Smurfs are beating me, therefore I'm, I must be improving. Well, A, not everybody wants to be in that, like, I want to be in that, like, learning mentality. That's really draining. Some people want to play for fun. B, there's Smurfs, and then the, they're, like, diamonds to maybe gold or whatever. And then there's Smurfs of, like, GM to gold, right? Those lobbies are going to be really different. And if you can't even get out of your spawn, you're not going to learn anything, right? So it, it that all depends on, like, the... the, the the games where you're just getting dominated, you can't move, those are awful games. Like, those are just, you can't salvage them. They're bad. It is what it is. That's a not a good experience. But to a certain degree, it is true where it's like, if, if there's a smurf, like I said, if it's not like someone who's absolutely just solo dominating the game, there's a grain of truth to like the improvement thing to it. But mm -hmm. yeah, hopefully that. Yeah, no, I mean, I look, I, I understand the POV, but again, I think it's it's incumbent yeah, on me to kind do? of to kind <laughs> yeah. of probe you a little bit more and yeah, say, well, I would like that. Again, the other thing is, you know, people. Another thing people always say to me is, well, yeah, sure, I could learn from Smurfs, but I, you know, I, I I didn't sign up for that, and yeah, I, I you know, I'm just trying to play, and you're making the games unfun, right? Okay, maybe mm -hmm. you're not the reason I'm stuck, but you're making my games unfun, and I only yeah. play five games a week, yeah. and you know, Smurfs are in half of them, and and it just makes me not want to play Overwatch anymore. I agree. Sucks. Sucks to suck, I think. I mean, if you're asking, like, if people want me to be a solution to that, it's impossible. There's tons of Smurfs everywhere. It's just... I might happen. have a unpopular opinion, but I kind of, like, I think that Smurfs are fine. Like, I think it's kind of the experience of Overwatch. <laughs> like, I yeah. I think, like, you know, you, you get a look into um, just how a higher rank would play and um it also can teach you like how to play against them and smurfs are going to be in like maybe every other game you get so i i think it kind of makes it a little bit more challenging and you get a better understanding of um you know high race play style
So I, I don't know. It's very frustrating. Like I hate it when my team gets I know the games Smurfs. Well. Yeah. Like I hate it when my team gets against Smurfs. Like it sucks, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's just Overwatch. That's how it is. Like there's nothing that is probably gonna be done about it. Like that, cause people can, you know, keep buying accounts. Like there's nothing really to be done. Like it's just kind of the game. Yeah. Okay, do you anything you, you feel on this? So, um, I, like, I agree, but then, so, okay, I agree that a lot of times, like, I mean, you know when you have Smurfs in your game, and sometimes it it is fine because it is a bit more of a challenge, and, like, it helps you learn, for sure, but then when it happens, like, like you were saying, whenever they're, like, spawn camping, like, you can't get out of spawn, like how do you learn? It's not a but gameplay experience. Yeah. There's no gameplay experience. But at yeah. the same time, I guess what I wish is that in those situations when, when when that's happening, my mindset is okay, so we're trapped in spawn. They're, you know, annihilating us, they're better than us. What like what can we do? Like what can we do to get out of this situation and like maybe even have a chance? But the mentality of most people on your team is GG, it's over, like just we just troll. That's true. Just it's, we're done. Give up. And true. it's like, wh- why, why take that situation and just give up so fast when you could utilize it to like learn something or yeah. at least try? Even like, you know, yay teamwork. Like, let's try to have fun. But like, just giving up and just spending the rest of the game just sitting in spawn while your team just like sits That's in spawn. Literally, right. the most disheartening. Yeah. Like, it's like, a waste of time. You know, it's like we, it's, it doesn't have to be a waste of time. It's a team based <laughs> game. Like. I think it's those experiences are wonderful to learn, like to help you learn how to play with a team and like to get that teamwork um, experience and skill set. Like I, I think like some of the those are the most fun games where you just have a really challenging opponent team and you get to you know, like if you have if your team is wanting to like use like to like do teamwork and try and win, I think that's like probably one of the most funnest games you can have. Like when you win a 5v6. Yeah. We did that, you know? It's so rewarding. And it's really rewarding. Just because one person leaves. Like, every time we have one person leave, I'm like, all right, well, we just got to try a little harder. But most people's mentality is, GG, we're done. Yeah. (laughs) I think think we're a lot... Sorry, sorry to interrupt. I was going to say, I think what a lot of people also say is that, you know, fine, that's all well and good. Sure, I can learn. Sure, I can... I'll have a really tough game and I can improve. Maybe there's a particular, you know, let's say there's a Widowmaker Smurf and I actually find a way to, to find her and kill her and I feel great. But I think a lot of what well, a lot of people also say in this discussion is, well, they're so rampant, the Smurfs, that there's just, it, the competitive integrity of ranked is gone. That, yeah, okay, I can learn, but how can I really climb when every other game, something, someone's manipulating their SR to some sense. So how do you respond like you don't to get that? a break I, I, from it to climb a little bit I yeah can I, too. I think you're harping on like a bigger picture thing here smurfs elo hell winners losers are all, all these like things that like uh there's there's a thing for this if you're if you're aware of something you're going to see it more or whatever observation bias right or confirmation bias confirmation, confirmation bias. bias like there's a lot of things that can be true in that regard so let's say you see a smurf ah uh, you give up you get that mentality of you're, you're gonna play worse. Like metal is so important for climbing. I'm like so important. So if you get that mental damage or you get in your head about all these ex- abstract things, they are gonna hold you down. You're not wrong, right? 
So I think that's a big part of that. Because like I said, it could be a Smurf that is just somebody learning a new hero on an alt account. It could be a, who knows, right? Obviously, I'm not going to defend the games where people are getting spawn camped. Bad experiences shouldn't happen. Feels bad. But <laughs> that's not that's not all Smurf games. I don't think all Smurf games are like that. Or yeah, the people was... that say that they're getting held back like that. And this is where I'm going to let go of Devil's Advocate SCB and, and chime in with my own take on it, which is that I've actually done some research on this. Uh, so I actually made a video, I don't know, a couple of months ago now, where I actually asked a bunch of players to collect the game data that they were having. So I asked players from a whole bunch of ELOs to just record the games that they were having. And all I asked them to do was record the levels of every account in the lobby and then whether they won or like who won or lost. And then we collected all that data to kind of bring a, an aggregate, you know, graph and correlational result thing going on about how the level of an account correlates with win rates. And I, if you want, if you're interested in that topic, go find that video in my channel. I think it's called uh, Why Smurfs Aren't Ruining Your Game, something like that. But TLDR is that actually in, in the true metal rank, so like gold and below, accounts that are sub-level 50, sub-level 100 actually have a negative win rate. So they have like 45% win rate. So they actually have a less than... So what you think is like... Because one of the things, what you're exactly what you're talking about, A10, is like observation confirmation bias. Because you see a new account and you automatically think, well, that must be someone who's very, very good and someone who's here to stomp me. But of course, there's many people who can have alt accounts for any number of reasons. And I think particularly the matchmaker, again, this is my, we don't know for sure, but my opinion is when it comes to new players, the matchmaker tends to boost them more than it tends to push them down. Like a new account tends to go higher than maybe where the main is, then lower. So what ends up happening is a lot of players who make new accounts end up maybe higher or already where they're supposed to be. And then, then they start falling a little bit because they're actually not equipped. So let's say you're a, a Platinum Tracer main and you decide to make an alt account to play support. It might put you in Platinum, but you're not there yet. And you end up actually losing games and you actually have a sub 50% win rate because you're not there yet. Or you're a genuinely new player and the game puts you in silver, but you're genuinely new and you actually end up losing more games than you win because you're, the matchmaker is so afraid of Smurfs it's so desperate to push Smurfs out that it actually tends to, in my opinion, boost people up a little bit higher. So anyways, it, the data is there. You can have a look at it. You can agree or disagree, but it's kind of fair. As far as data goes, it's fairly unbiased, I'd like to think. We just asked them to record the level. And yeah, the actual, funnily enough, again, to finish on that note, the, the rank where the Smurf account mattered the most or the level mattered the most was actually Master. So if you, tend, if you find a sub-level 50 account in Master, that's probably a real legit like GM Smurf, because you don't get to climb that fast, that high without yeah, being very good. Yeah. Um, but generally, if you see, basically, again, what we found is the closer you get to level 100, the closer someone tends to get to their true SR, um, just because over time. And I think that's, if, if I was to say anything to people who are very frustrated, I think it's a it's an issue of time. But I, a lot of people's gripes are actually with their time with the game and not necessarily the individual experiences of losing to a Smurf. Because a lot of what I hear people say is, okay, yeah, it's ruining the competitive integrity. But again, the answer, the true answer is enough games will remove these variables, remove these anomalies, right? So the levers, the throwers, enough games. If you Surely if you play enough games, they will. the enemy team will have as many throwers and levers as you. And then your skill comes through. But of course, I also understand people are like, well, I don't have time to play 100 games. SCB. It's a fucking game. <laughs> so uh, I understand that too. But any thoughts from you guys? I've ranted on for a little bit on, on the whole Smurf issue. I, I think that's very interesting. Like whenever I know whenever we get a bunch of like under level 50 players on the enemy team, like I've sometimes I just see people like, oh, well, GG, 
Like that's too many Smurfs. Like we're totally going to lose. Like that's, that's pretty, that's pretty interesting that they don't have that high of a win rate. Yeah, it, it was, it was fascinating to me as well, but yeah, it's actually like, so I can just see, see here. So basically lower than 2,500 have a 43.7% win rate uh, if they are sub-level 50 and a 43.3% if they're sub-level 100. So basically, again, if it's a new account and it's in gold or below, it's probably it's probably someone who's bad and actually lower than, or should be lower than where they currently are. So anyways, those are my sense. findings. Yeah. Feel free to yeah. find your own. So I think it's like the difference between like the diamond smurf and the higher rank smurf. It's like those higher rank smurfs will, unless they're throwing, get past those ranks. Like they're, I, I don't think, unless it's placements, I, that's the only time I touch gold. Because then by that time it's, you know, you're past it, et cetera. So probably would just be someone's alt account, right? Or someone smurfing, it won't be the destructive. It makes sense. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. like and that. anything else to add before we kind of move topic? No? Okay, well, that, that kind of leads... my Brandon letter. Sure. Well, that kind of <laughs> leads into nicely into just general ideas about what can be changed. Because obviously, we said, you know, well, there's not that much we can do about Smurfs. To some extent, they will always agree. But what can we do? Like, not just about Smurfs, but is there anything in particular that you think would maybe help with the idea of ELO hell or people getting stuck about changing the, the ladder system or just Overwatch as a whole? I think that... Cupcake, I see you pondering. That... Yeah, go ahead. I think I hear a lot of people talk about like your like hidden MMR and like if there was like a reset of that, then like because it because of the way the rank system goes and like pretty much, I mean in my experience, pretty much wherever you end the season, the next season, that's where you place even if you do well. But that's how my my placements usually always go. And the thing with me is, I may have peaked you know high plat, but then at you know the last few days of the season always go it goes really 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 bad and like you get extra throwers and stuff and you just drop like within a few days you're low plat and then the next season you place low plat and it's so hard to like climb back up so it's like but then it's kind of like what you were saying so if you it's like if you were to just do a fresh account you're gonna place higher for sure i mean usually like i mean i've done that maybe i only have like one account i've ever done that on it's been a long time but i placed you know diamond but then like I, but i'm stuck in like low plat on my main account but if i were to keep playing that diamond account you know if i just go back to plat then it's like what what's the point you know so i don't know if anyone else has any thing to say about like that yeah, so, but hidden, I, so you started I, on sort yeah. of hidden mmr right so you feel like yeah what's what do you i don't know for sure if that would make a difference or not but i just know that is something that like i've a, a reset yeah like a that? reset so that way it doesn't I mean, go we would off love that. Your, your last you know season like i would love for it to not just base off of where i ended the there's, season there's never been like a full mmr reset yeah I think exactly. which is why i just keep like yeah. you know because the end of this season, by oh, as well. was terrible for me yeah. and i know it's the same for a lot of people so you just drop and then you start the season, the next season, fresh down at the bottom. And if you can't like climb up because you're now you're getting like gold plat in your teams instead of like, mid, you know, plat or diamond, a lot of times it's harder to climb. And it's just like you're just useful stuck. So I, I would love for that to change just the way they do 
the like your base your ranking at the beginning of a season or at least based off of like where you peaked or something you know not where you ended it yeah, like it's really feel. hard to peak somewhere and then like what would you get from I, it if you have like a bad streak at the end well actually sorry i'm gonna quickly chime in i do really want to hear from adobe kitty because i know adobe kitty i'm sorry we haven't really i haven't given you enough time for a little bit but why would you fixate on your peak and not where you spend most of your time because this is another interesting player behavior is we tend to we all of us tend to fixate well, on our peak as yeah. a true reflection of ourselves and not where you spend most of your not time well a lot of times my peak is like where i've spent you know or close to my peak so like say i may have peaked at like 2700 but for the most part i'm pretty consistent between like 25 to you know 2700 like mm -hmm. that's pretty much yeah. where i the whole season but i'm saying the problem is at the end of the season it drops and you all of a sudden you're like dropping down you know a few hundred sr and then you're like 2200 you know or something and it's like and then you that's how you end the season even though the most of the season you're like 25 27 you ended yeah, at 22 think... next season you replace 22 you know it's like i don't think a system can know that though like who's specifically dropping like at the end and that like, that's too i think a system can do that if that makes you know well, i think it just goes off of whatever you end the next season when you place it yeah. like just goes off that's that number right well, yeah because i no, always and what i'm saying in your world it would have to consider that you would drop at the end and then then take the peak right but let's say for somebody else they peaked really early on and then they like weeks earlier they they had dropped and then they weren't going to get back whatever like that person should stay down there right Right, that a person who drops at the end because of the low quality games. Probably. But I mean, but, but then again, like, should there be a way to, like, accurately, like, take your, even your average, you know, at that point? Because if you spend the whole season at, like, 2,500 plus, and then, like, the last week or so you drop, it's like, shouldn't it be able to yeah. somehow know, like, okay, maybe they're not supposed okay. to be, like, this low, maybe... You know, but it's like it is very, very consistent for me to place. Even if I do well, yeah. you know, win all of my placements, I usually I agree. they don't do much. Play. They really don't do much yeah. anymore. Yeah, placements like don't kind of matter. I it always place like where I've ended off on. Like that's always where I am. Like I don't. You mean that's placements. not where you normally were, right? Like yeah. yeah. Do you guys feel like? Sorry, sorry, Adobe, can you go ahead? Oh, I was just adding on. It's like, yeah, placements just don't really matter anymore. Like, you could win them all, and you're probably just going to end at the same SR. Yeah. I guess I just wish that they did matter a little bit more. Or yeah. They, yeah. I do too. Or, you know, yeah. Especially yeah, I just an MMR reset would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, we've never had one. I think it's I think it's time. I think it's time. <laughs> at least yeah. for Overwatch 2. I think they said they're yeah. not going to, by the way. I'm pretty sure they said they weren't going to. Okay, yeah, that's Overwatch good to 2. know. That could be... Definitely wrong. I, I don't so. remember hearing them say anything definitively okay, on okay, whether okay. they're going to then, or not. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, wrong. You, you know, I might have missed it. So you might not, you, you know, you might be onto something. I, I there's not been like enough news where we can miss something. <laughs> no, also, I also being being honest, I don't think they may have necessarily made all the decisions they need to make. Yeah, so I, I, agree. I don't yeah. think they would throw yeah. that out this far ahead of time and yeah, be like, yeah. that's 100% our stance. Um, yeah. I do want to just keep probing, if you guys don't mind, a couple of these ideas. Because a lot of interesting things here. One, obviously, pros and cons of MMR reset. But the other thing you guys are alluding to is like the end of season games. Cause you guys, if I'm correct, are saying that the end of season games are perhaps worse quality than the rest of the season? By far. Like it's so consistent yeah. every season. Just people want to derank or just don't care. Like 
And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that placements really don't matter. So maybe people just don't matter. Like near the end of the games, like end of the season. Or people are like, oh, I got to end better. So they're like, you know, I got to force it. But then you're just like forcing it for the rank. Yeah. You would think that in the seasons when everyone would like be like, okay, let's really focus and try. Right? Yeah. (laughs) For some reason, it doesn't go that way, or at least maybe that I don't know. Is that a, just a plat like plat? Well, I think I think again, it comes back to what we were saying earlier. It's like there's two types of people probably who are going to try really hard in the season. People who haven't played at all the season, they're like, shit, I got a place. Yeah. Or the people who are desperate, those people who are desperate to reach a certain threshold that they haven't reached yet. And so, as we said earlier, the people who are fixating really hard on a certain number they're trying to get. Mm. They're going to be the salty ones who are really easily I'm tilted. So, because again, mm-hmm. if you're, let's say you're 2700, right? You're in the bang in the middle of, a, of an SR. You're probably not like, okay, in this last day, I can grind 300 SR and climb to diamond. So you're just playing. But the people who are maybe 2900, they're going to come on. They're going to say, okay, okay, okay. If I win enough games in this last day, I can get diamond and I'll finish the season diamond. And then they start going 50 50 or they lose. They're going to get more and more frustrated. They're chasing that end of season high. And then they come into your game and they're mad as hell. So that that's one hypothesis we can't really know. But actually, I agree with that. And on top of that, there's also people, like you said, doing their placements. So you're gonna have people who are not, have not been grinding, who are gonna make more mistakes. They're gonna get more tilted. It's gonna be this whole disaster formula. Sorry, exactly. It does make sense. So again, I'll, yeah. I'll lead on to the MMR reset. So why would you think it's a good thing? Any of you? I'll go to Dovaki. Sorry, Dovaki. We haven't heard too much from you. Go ahead. Why why do you think MMR reset would be a good thing? I think like there's a lot of people that have had accounts for a long time and of course they're going to be improving or maybe during some metas they're not as good. I think um, after such a long time, like it's been six, I think six years since Overwatch has been released. I think it's time like, you know, we get a reset. I mean, so, so many people have these main accounts that they love and they would like their main accounts to reflect how they are now. And yeah. I think an MMR reset would would benefit that a lot. It'd benefit a lot of the older players. Agreed, 100%. Because our, our accounts have, like, all of our skins that we've had since season one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we have all of our skins, all of our stuff. We don't want to just, like, make a new account. And, like, we are saying it, like, a reflection of where we are now because I switched to Ana in, like, season 12. And even then, I was, like, you know, close to Diamond. I was not a Diamond Ana player. But, like, I have gotten so much better since season 12. Mm-hmm. way better you know but it my rank does not reflect my improvement at all so i think a hidden mmr would would change that to be honest and again that's not me saying i would all of a sudden be like masters no but i wouldn't be like struggling to not fall into gold sometimes yeah <laughs> i've always wondered like so i used to be hardcore dps main and um, I had placed so long ago on when Roll Queue was released, and I have gotten a lot better on Tracer, but I haven't really been playing her much in competitive. I'd like to, you know, see where I'd be with her, like, now. Like, mm-hmm. I, I want, because I'm still, you know, at that rank where I used to be. Like, I'd, I'd like to, you know, have that MMR reset and see where I am now on her. Yeah, that's but, fair. There's also a lot of old players that used to be high elo that quit the mm-hmm. game, and then they come back and they're ruining I've lobby. seen that a lot, yeah. Yeah, but they don't yeah. even want to. They're they're saying, "Why am I in this lobby?" You know, they they don't want to be there. So that's another issue there. Yeah, all, like all people for, are scared to come back as well. Yeah, sorry, I was just saying, yeah, offer less hours as well, because you know, if you placed before roll lock, you're off. Like, mm. I always give myself an example. I was a tank. Like, I I basically did zero hours of competitive on my SVB main, 
and I literally, so that was before Roloc, I was GM, and I did not play DPS until like three seasons ago at all. And then I placed my DPS for the first time and it gave me 3,800. So this is an account that has literally never touched DPS, but because my MMR from my tank roll was so high, oh, wow. it, just, it just gifted me 3,800. And I was like, I'm actually just throwing these people's lobbies. <laughs> so, I, so I went away and I had to make a new account and actually learn DPS yeah. so that I wasn't. But it's kind of a shame that the game would force you to. And A10, you alluded to earlier as well, the idea of meta boosting. Right. Yeah, because there are certain metas where certain heroes really broken and it's easier to play. I, I wouldn't say this is like a rampant... I wouldn't say it's not like a rampant issue. But there are cases of it. There are definitely people who've just abused a certain hero to get there and then... Uh, and then a hero gets nerfed and then suddenly they, they're... You right. Know. Yeah, floating around there or... It is possible for people to float around the 50-50. It's not everyone will just like tank down. So I think it'd be a good way to kind of just also bring players back to the game. Oh, over which yeah. we said MMR, I can go my main again and like come back <laughs> to the game and it's a fresh competitive ladder to climb. It's like in RuneScape, it's super exciting whenever like it's an MMO, fresh leaderboards. Who doesn't love, you know, competing and chasing that? What would you say to people who say, and I know this is to all of you, about the people who say, well, it'll just be an absolute mess. Like, you know, we got GMs in the same lobby with bronze. Like, it why would, would we, why would we would want you, that? I mean, but I mean, balance it would that. help you balance. Yeah. To your, you know, you'll still get to where you you should be. You know, I feel like it might take a while. I don't know. <laughs> I think it'd be fun. I, I think it'd be I fun too. It, may, it might make the game more like interesting for a little bit, you know? I, yeah, think, I think it's time for some change, you know? I mean, if you play some change. Yeah, exactly. Because if you force like a plot player with a GM, I mean, maybe the GM will be like, hey, let's do this. You know, like, oh, cool. Like, learn something. It'll just help you out. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I think I a change would be nice. Yeah, I have two things to add on that, which is one is like expectations. Because I think at this point, there's already so much saltiness, so much, you know, people like, oh, well, there's so much, so much inaccuracy about SR, right? All smurfs, off rolls, people. Or not even, even if you're on your main role, someone's SR and Roadhog, as we all know, is no reflection on their ability to play Reinhardt, for example. So there's so many variables that there's already that staleness. So there's already a lot of mess in terms of could it be that much worse? And also, I sometimes take an old school POV where I'm like, you know what? There were days when in online competitive when you just didn't have a matchmaker. You just ran up into a lobby to get like, you know, those are people who've maybe played in custom games. You know, I, I, I used to play a lot of Warcraft mm -hmm. 3 custom like Battle.net launcher back then. You didn't have a matchmaker. You just created a lobby on in a public thing and said, join. Dota 3.7, join fast. Go, go, go. You joined and it was a random assortment of 12 people and you played and that was it. And, you, you know, you made do with the players you had in the lobby. So I think an expectation shift is a potential benefit as well, where people are expecting now like, okay, well, I, this could be imbalanced. So I've just got to make do with it, right? As we were saying earlier, like if you just got to learn to deal with the fact that Smurfs might exist or XYZ might exist. That's my... I like that. Um, yeah, so MMR reset. Anything else to add on that? Adova Kitty, anything else to add? I I want to, like, kind of go over, like, loser cues or winner cues. Oh, yeah. Like, I think it is a problem. I mean, I've seen it quite a bit. I believe it's a thing. Um, it's It's been affecting quite a lot of people recently, just people getting in constant games with people that have been on a lost streak and 
I think do you want to like, just quickly explain the theory to anyone who's like, what is a winner queue loser? Could you want to just quickly okay. explain what that yeah. is? So um, typically what ha- what like is seen in FPS games is like there are players, if they have lost quite a bit, they're going to be put in games with other people that are losing or same thing with people that are winning games. They're going to be put in winning games and that's just called winner's queue. Um, and... I think that it's been kind of a struggle for some people. Like, and maybe that's why they're not ranking up because like they're just being put in games with other people that are losing. And I mean, of course there's gonna be a winner team at the end of it, but like there is also that unfortunate circumstance where like you might be, you know, with people that are actually like throwing or not even trying. So I I don't I don't know. I just I I think it's interesting like how that is a part of FPS games especially Overwatch. I think it came from League of Legends. League of, oh wow. That's where it's yeah. originated. Well, that's well there's actually some truth to that though from what I understand. I haven't I haven't played an excessive amount of League of Legends, but I certainly know in Dota for example, if you behave badly, if your reputation goes down low, so if you get reported a lot, you actually do get put with other people who have bad reputations. So there's, there's a tangible Sorry, is there a scene goes CSGO as well? Yeah, just adding. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you actually do get tangibly put in games, oh, sorry, tangibly put in games with people who are at least behaving badly and likely to probably be losing as well because they're salty as hell. So there's a, some validity to that. Do you believe A10 and Cupcake, do you believe that it's maybe a thing in Overwatch 2? Do you want to? I don't know. All I know is like in that situation, the people that are like toxic and they're really like just bad attitude players and they're, you know, throwing whatever. I mean, sure, but then with other people that are like throwing in bad attitudes or whatever. But how does the game know? Because what if you're like someone that's trying and you're losing because you're on a team with people are throwing and you're you're not the one throwing, but you're losing. So are like would that be Well, it would be it would be like, usually these games have like a community moderation that kind of check because you well you would go off is like the report system or the endorsement system for example right so if you're endorsement level one the game would say well you're not getting endorsed and in fact people tend to avoid you as teammate or they report you a lot and but is that to- what the winner queue, winners queue and losers queue like ideas in Overwatch or is it just like if you're losing then you're putting with you're being put with other players that are losing not like what you're being reported as or what you're you know like it, it just is it just losing and winning or is it more than that because i don't know i haven't really like looked into to the well it was two there's two sort of separate separate but interlinking ideas what adobe kitty is kind of alluding to if i'm not correct me if i'm wrong adobe kitty is the the there's a quite common sentiment in the, in the community that there is such a thing as winner's queue and loser's queue where sometimes like basically the game is encouraging long streaks of of, of certain type of game right so when you're winning it keeps giving you good 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 games you keep winning 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 and then when you start losing, it puts you in uh, loser's queue to kind of almost sabotage you in a way and keep putting you in, in games that you're likely to lose for whatever nefarious reasons we might speculate. But that's one. And then w- the other thing we kind of alluded to what A10 brought up is that there's actually tangible, like the idea comes from games where that's actually a thing because you can yeah. actually be put with other people. And then, you know, you asked about how that would work. So in Overwatch, it would work that way potentially. But we don't, certainly the devs have never said that's what they're doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess I was trying to understand if it was just based off, like, if you're losing, you're getting put in, like, in loser's queue, then it's like, well, that sucks if you're losing because you're, you have teammates throwing and, like, you're having to pay the consequence, play the losing teams because 
you just happen to be on a losing team. But if you're being like constantly reported or like low endorsements or something, then I don't know. Like in CSGO, like I know that's a thing in CSGO and I've always thought, well, I guess that's fine. It doesn't really affect me because I'm not throwing or being, you know, reported or whatever. So it doesn't affect me. But I've never really thought of it, to be honest. I didn't really think that was a, a thing. So that's that's new to me. I have a question, Adova. When does it put you in losers and winners queue? Like, why am I not in winners and losers queues, for example? I've like, I've actually like never been in it, but I've seen it. Like, I've heard of people. But how does it choose people? Does that make sense? I think like, from what I've heard, it's just people are getting like, they're like losing. Like they, they might've like lost a few and then they're getting games with like on streaks with people that might be throwing or like right. bad attitudes. And um, it's, I guess the same with winner's queue. Yeah. I mean, I have heard of like FIFA or other companies purposely like the advantage of making people lose. Like if you start winning, they want you to slow down. That helps with, I don't know, some weird psychology things I don't understand. But for the winners and losers queue, I've never really, I thought about it. I've never ascribed to it though. For me, it, it, for me personally, I, I don't think it's there. It would make more sense. Like if you're losing, which could be a negative experience, you're going to be pre-tilt. You're going to already be on edge. It's like tilt queuing is like a super big thing that people like straight up do. They just tilt queue their SR way and da 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 da. So it make, would make more sense that it's like... I've had like... Aside from like uh, unlucky experiences, which I... Which I sorry, yeah. Go, go. Oh, I, I was just saying like, I've heard like, I've had this friend in a loser queue and they would like, they'd be in it for days, maybe. Like maybe a few days. Um, so it, it's crazy. Why, why not responsibility in a way? Like when I play good, I win. When I play bad, I lose. That's something I've like recently come to. I've been doing this for a year of like da 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 da. And I've, I've unironically started to notice that like the times where I'm playing good, I'm on, on point, I do win more games. The times that I'm playing bad, I do lose more games. Right? Yeah, so I I'm... definitely agree with like what you're saying. Sorry, uh, like mm -hmm. tilt queuing. No, 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 no. There, uh, yeah, like there has been like studies done. Like if you're tilted, you're probably gonna. I I think it's like twenty percent. You're gonna be like worse than you typically are just from being so tilted. So I could see that, like why some people might think they are in loser queue too. Yeah. But there's no yeah. way to like, know, right? Like, how do you know? It's just, because yeah. my thing is I, like, I've had games where, or days where I'm doing really well and I'm like on a winning streak and I'll get in a lobby and someone's like, all right, I've lost every game today. Like, so let's win. I'm like, oh, okay, well, hopefully my streak can continue and help you out. So yeah. I guess I just am not really like super aware or even like vice versa. I'll be like, I won a game today and people were like, oh, we're doing really good. So, you know, I think we'll change. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it, it for me, it definitely seems like it's kind of like looking for a pattern to uh, it is a pro player that also tired of in POV. Disagree. I really disagree with that statement. Like, I, sorry, because I saw it in, in your chat. Somebody's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually going to bring elo, it up as well. Go ahead. Yeah, because I'm high elo, that gives me the inability to understand what people go through or da 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 da. Right? Again, there's no elo heaven. Again, I need to improve myself. I need to work on my mental as well. I'm da 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 da. I would, I, what maybe makes me different is the ability to hard carry on losable da, da 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 But at the end of the day, I've coached so many people. I've done so much mental coaching. And 
they're not pro players, but they're coming back to me. Go, hey, nice. I'm climbing. This worked. Thank you for helping me change my. Blah, blah, blah. But like, on top of that, just because I'm like high low doesn't mean that I can't understand the things that I've also been through. Like I've been there. That's how I got to this point. I've put in thousands of hours of grinding. Blah, 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 blah. That's why I think not only does it give me a better insight, it also like, I think maybe shows for me like what it. There's light at the end of the tunnel. You can get to a point where actually it's in your control and da, 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 da. That doesn't mean when I say these things, it's like I have games where I'm playing out of my mind and I lose, right? Everybody goes through those things no matter what. So it, like uh, that's also like a common counter anecdote where yeah. it's like, oh, but I also play good. And I, but so do I, everybody, right? Or... Yeah, I was going to say, I think especially because you focus a lot on like me the mental aspect and this approach to the game as well. And I think... Because I think that argument of, well, you know, a lot of these GM players, they're so exceptional that they don't understand the struggles of a, of a gold player. And I think there's some merit in that argument in the sense of they don't understand necessarily the problems that that specific player is encountering, right? So, for example, they might say like, oh, just listen to audio cues and you'll figure out. But for some people, like, I find it incredibly difficult to pay attention to audio cues. Yeah. So things okay. like that, I can 100% uh agree with when someone says yeah. you you don't quite understand what i'm what i'm what my problem is you, like you're saying it's easy but it's not but, but i think the difference with what you're talking about is it's the mental aspect is universal i really don't think anyone can i mean we have different personalities of course and i'll be the first to acknowledge <laughs> that you know like you're a real calm guy a10 i'd like to think i'm a real calm guy and you know I can get pretty in. <laughs> well again yeah. and again we can we'll all say like i'll say i've worked on myself to improve my mentality you'll say yeah. you worked on yourself yes, to improve your mentality 100%. yeah but i also will acknowledge that sometimes is a natural propensity for someone to be a bit more calm and for someone to be a bit more emotional and react a bit more emotionally so yeah. we have differences but i still uh, as a personal belief i think everyone can find a mental balance to take the right approach to the game even if let's say you're still an extra emotional person you still do sometimes get carried away i do think everyone can find the balance to uh to, to find a healthy way to approach the game, basically, regardless of your natural demeanor. On the note of winners loses queue, it's really tough, is my take, is because there's so many variables, right? There's so many variables because it's not only your own gameplay. Again, as, we, as you guys alluded to, there's the potential that you're tilt queuing, you know, okay, you lost 10 games in a row, but maybe could you have stopped the raw anywhere at any long the point, right? Let's say of those 10 games, maybe eight you were destined to lose. Maybe eight were just matchmaking different you were destined to lose. But maybe two you could have changed the outcome of. And that would have stopped the quote-unquote loser's queue. But you were so upset already that you didn't. Or, you know, so many other things. You're, maybe you're having a bad day. Maybe you didn't get enough sleep. Maybe you didn't get enough food. Maybe you're playing a different hero today. Maybe the just this, you know, random chance of today you're getting a lot of hard matchups. Maybe your hero is getting, they're picking a hero that really counters your hero a lot. And it's just so, it's just so happening. There's a million variables on top of, of course, all the nuances of matchmaking design that we're kind of not privy to, right? Because yeah. it gets real complicated when you start talking about like how the matchmaker determines what a win is. From whatever vague understanding I have, you know, the matchmaker is trying to get close to 50%, but if it can't, it's going to... If, so, if one team is 52% to win, then it's still going to put you in the lobby together, but it'll just try and adjust how much SR you won or lost based on how likely it thought you were to win the game. So there's a lot of variables, yeah. basically. And I don't know if this is answering any of your questions, Adova Kitty, but there's a lot of variables is my take. And it's really hard to prove conclusively either way. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Like, it's just such a, I don't know, like, there's not like a lot of 
information out there about losers or winners queue. Like, and none of the, none of the um, big games have really talked about it either. So. I can just, definitely understand the feeling of being like feeling sabotaged by the game. Cause I've had that a lot where you're I've just like, as well. yeah, same. it just feels yeah. like the game's trying to make me lose. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Cupcake, maybe you wanted to chime in. Oh no, I was just saying, I agree. Like there's definitely, maybe a, I didn't under, I, I didn't know the term losers queue, but now I can probably think back to like moments where I, if I knew I'd probably be like, I'm probably losers queue right now, <laughs> you know, yeah. cause it does feel like that sometimes for sure. But I've always just talked it up to like unlucky day, you know. And the other thing I'll add on the mentality front is that it's all—it's always a human tendency. I think when we're winning, it's because it's our good gameplay, and we're losing, it's because unlucky teammates. Whereas you know, sometimes the winner's cue is just your luck—you just got lucky and got you know five good games in a row. Yeah. But yeah, we tend to not think like that; just human nature. We've got some interesting discussions. Chat. I'm going to move on to that. If unless anyone has anything else to add on winners, losers cue. No. So what I was going to ask is, so Great Quake Tone has come in and said, you know, my issue with matchmaking is that one team will get like two 3.8k tanks and one team has 4.2k tanks and 3.8 support. So I guess what Great Quake Tone is alluding to is role variance. And, you know, perhaps in certain ELOs, certain roles have more power. So actually, you could argue that the matchmaker is prioritizing one team over the other, even if their SR is balanced if one role is higher ranked than the other. And I right. think particularly when tanks are so in low population, it's usually tanks that we talk about in these terms. A10, what did you, what did you kind of want to yeah. say? Yeah, no, I, I haven't thought of that too much, actually. I've, I've not brought that up or I haven't really thought about how each role could be worth more. I have like obviously seen where that is imbalanced, but I've never really thought about it. So I like to hear what other people have to say on it. I've never really considered that before, to be honest. I don't really look yeah. at um I think especially being like in the, the lower end of the like ranks, I don't really focus on like what everyone's SR is, uh mm. or where they're ranked at just because most of the time I assume like either they're like a smurf or I, I don't know. Like I don't really focus on that, I guess, to be honest. So I've never really looked into it. I don't have a lot that I could add to that. I, I focus more on like how like our like how we can work together as a team and whatever i don't really look at the numbers yeah i'm just not a numbers person i guess mm -hmm. yeah i think because in pilots way more imbalanced because like the, there's less pool players to choose yeah. from so the variance gets like greater i'm kind yeah. of the same with cupcake i i used to care a lot about numbers but like honestly if these people are getting queued with me then you know that i'm probably you know around the same rank is them I'm the same like skill set maybe like that's where I'm supposed to be you just play and try to you know win that's yeah. like how every game is gonna be I think ultimately like because it worked quick on brought up this it's it's a good point but I think ultimately all the things that come up are like what's out of our control and what's in our control yeah at the end of the day and I'm starting I'm yeah. starting to realize like all these other things are like these ideas bringers like these are not things in your control and like focus there are things you can focus on that you can control which will make yeah like i think that's why i don't like i don't look at profiles like career profile like yeah. i don't look at any of that because i'm like what is it i mean if it's, it's gonna help less than what i expect or greater like is it really you know what, what can i do about it <laughs> uh, there's nothing you can do about it besides you know avoid them after the game like yeah. there's no way to avoid the game yeah you're already in it so yeah. like <laughs> 
But I guess we just try to be optimistic because what if you if you're looking at if you're fo- if you're at the point where you're like focusing on like you're looking at everyone's career profile and you're focusing on this and then you start analyzing and then I don't know then if you see something I don't know you might go in like too pessimistic. Well, for 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 what he's saying, it does make sense because it's like there there yeah, is like an imbalance in those I've roles. I've never looked into it like that. Yeah, yeah. I think. You, it, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Can you go ahead? <laughs> I was just saying, like, I think. If, even if you have like a one trick on your team, like, yeah, you can't avoid it. Might as well play around it, you know? Like maybe go the 100%. go the composition that works best with that teammate. Like just, you know, it's a team-based game. Like you have to play as a team. So Well, I, I was going to say, I have a way of rephrasing the question because obviously, you know, it's tough to on the spot if you haven't thought about, yeah, yeah maybe if there is tanks, here's a way of rephrasing the question. Do you guys think that there's a role that's better to climb than the others or do you think there's like a hierarchy of which roles are stronger and which roles are weaker i recognize we've got potential bias well all of us everyone every single person that asks this question will have bias but do you believe that cupcake i'll come to you first i mean i guess i do think like maybe it's personal experience i feel like it is harder to climb as support like because i know i'm better at support than i am at tank or dps but there's a lot of times where my DPS plays is higher, you know, than my support does. And I can win more games, but not a great DPS, you know, but I am a good mm-hmm. support. And I, so I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like DPS, I've always done better at climbing than support tank. Um, I don't play a ton of tank, but I mean, I've had some really good games as tank. And I'm like, man, if I did this all the time, I could probably like, climb up a little bit higher but uh, yeah i don't know adobe kitty you're also support do you agree i so i think support and tank honestly have the highest carry potential um i think dp like tank in my opinion is the highest carry potential um you're just like they're in charge like you're up front and everything you do matters, you know, like every little split second as a tank, it really matters. Um, like if you have that shield up at that right moment, then you could save your teammates. Or if you go dive on their back lines at the right moment on Hammond, like you could carry the game. Like I think tank is very important. And being and being as a support main, like I've seen like what good supports can do to help the team like care, like win. Um, like, if you just have an Ana that's being more DPS, more than healing, like, and let's say there's a Mercy that's fo- hardcore focusing on the DPS, as, you know, Mercies typically do, the the tanks are just going to constantly die. Like, you, you, you're very important as a support. Um, I think, but I really do think tank has the most carry potential in the game. A10, the tank players are your lover. Yeah. How do you feel? I actually came up with, like, I, I've worked through this recently with like especially I got it kind of through coaching and uh and some other things. I agree. I think tank I think at the end of the day, hundred percent there will be a difference in how hard a role can carry. And simply put, I don't care. Doesn't matter. Yeah. You gotta you gotta play your role. You wanna play support, play support. You wanna play tank, play tank, right? Exactly. But, I mean I play support even though I feel like it's harder <laughs> for me to call yeah. it. Because I wanna play it. What what I what I have learned is that like there, there, there is a really common sentiment with like tank can carry easier, and I agree. Sure, yeah, right. I, I agree with that, but I disagree with that. DPS can't, and because what I, what I learned recently is that 
the best DPS players get value without getting kills, without the, like the super not obvious things, like being at the right place at the right time, uh, more abstract concepts. Like when I was playing soldier versus my friend in, in the same match, I would go to high ground. I would soak the attention of two people knowing I couldn't kill them. It's a Hanzo Zen. I'm soldier. They're going to one shot me, but I would purposely like annoy them, right? That's two people being drawn to me. Doomfist came flanked. That's three people drawn to me. You think my team's going to win that fight? Five versus three, right? hundred percent. So there's like, there's all these different ways that I think DPS can carry. And I think it's the highest mechanical word. So I personally do think that DPS can carry the hardest. It's just very difficult, but that's why they can carry the hardest as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. DPS can definitely carry, but I do agree. It's very hard. Like oh, yeah. if your other, if your the rest of your team isn't, you know, trying as hard as you. Yeah. It's by, by far the yeah. hardest thing. <laughs> I think I think is it the, harder than support though. I, I like if you if you want to be like perfect at the top, yeah, I'd say so. Okay, yeah. Or like what you'd have to do mechanically and stuff like that, yeah. Okay. I think the the thing about the discussions like because this I asked the question knowing that it's a very hot topic discussion. It's something that always comes up on like or what social media and everyone always. I think that the thing about it is always everyone always has their own bias, right? And we can't avoid that. Everyone plays a certain hero or plays a certain role and loves a certain role. And at the end of the day, most people think their role is the weakest and the other roles are the strongest. And that's kind of the general theme. And also the bigger variance, I think, comes in SR. Because I really think that the narrative yeah. is dominated by top 500 players. Um, I think if I, if I had to weigh in, I would say tank matters the most to the highest. I think DPS is the strongest in the lowest helos. And I think support, it kind of stays relatively consistent. Like you, I think you can carry with support on most elos. But it can go up or down. Like sometimes in the lower ranks, people just you just have to hard heal your bot your tanks, or you have to avoid the instinct to hard heal bot your tanks because they take so much damage. But I think really my real take, my giga brain take, if you if if I can frame it that <laughs> way, is that I think I think the the discussion is framed wrong. I don't think it's a role thing. I think it's a hero thing. I think the discussion of like tanks carry the most is unnuanced. Because I don't think anyone's out here saying that playing Reinhardt in solo queue is the best way to climb in Overwatch because it really isn't. And I think similarly, like playing Mercy in solo queue really isn't the, isn't the play. It's not the guaranteed easy climb that a, a different support might have. And again, you know, it's, it, it varies from, from player to player. I say this is someone whose all three roles are basically within like 200 SR of each other. Um, I find that it, it really is a role. It's really is a hero thing because I can get to master on Reaper, but I can't get out of plat on Tracer. Because I can leverage the, the kit that Reaper has, but Tracer is a completely different mechanical skill set that I don't have. Are you so I can find player? it. Yeah, Reaper made two trick. Uh, yeah. All the tank players are good Reaper players because they know how to Reaper. they know <laughs> yeah. how to control the space. <laughs> they know how to like play the right places. But I can't I can't one clip someone on Tracer no matter how much time you give me. Right. So I think it's it really comes down to your skill sets and what you find in every role to leverage. And I think if you find the right thing, you'll climb on every role. Of course, there are heroes that are stronger than others, but again, it really depends on yeah. your skill set. Yeah. And no, also, wanna... like... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify. Like, I think my, like, what the hardest role is, is, like, at the top, top. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I think in low, like, it just depends on what either bracket you're in. Yeah. Well, it makes, it makes sense because ultimately there's only so much you can min-max about a Winston or a Reinhardt, right? That's what makes them both yeah. good and frustrating. Because there's an infinite number of tactical decisions you'd have to make on the hero. 
But once you learn how to fire strike something, there's not, you know, bumping your fire strike accuracy from 85 to 86% isn't going to help. But bumping your hit accuracy on McCree a couple of percent is actually, or Cassidy is actually a huge buff. So there's always going to be a higher ceiling of what a DPS can min-max the longer a game goes on compared right. to yeah. something like a tank. But yeah, sorry, I, I, I ranted for a little bit. Adoba Kitty, Cupcake, anything That's you great. guys want to add? I, I don't think so. You guys feel like uh, so so cupcake to summarize. You feel like support. Do you still feel like support is the hardest? Um, and you can say it with your chest. You can you can stick by it. I mean, I guess I it's just from personal experience because I mainly play support and I just I see what I um encounter. You know, because it's like sometimes I feel like I can play really well and I'll be playing against a team where you know there's like a doomfist that's just like constantly bullying me. But it's not a problem because I'm like, I'm landing my sleep darts on him. Like, I'm not letting him harass me. I'm not letting him take me down. And I'm like, that's a big win for me as a support. Like, having to deal with that, like, fly buzzing around me, but then still doing my job as healing. But then, like, we still lose. You know, it's like, games mm -hmm. like that are really frustrating. Well, can I, can I just trip, like, trip in real quick? It's like, yeah, it, it depends on the context because I agree with you. I, I would say support is the hardest with your POV, like on that situation, like 100%. Yeah, because right? I'm like, I'm doing my job and more, you know? And nobody's going to peel for you. Like, they're not going to like help you. A DPS would be more straightforward to carry on and all that. So yeah, I think yeah. it's... Yeah. So, yeah, and again, this, this is that variance conversation, right? It's like, yeah. people people in GM are like, Zen is broken. And then just try playing Zen in plat and there's like one person diving you and you just die because you're paper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, it really is a, a nuanced conversation, I think. Um, but yeah, anything anything else to add on that before we move on from that discussion? The role SR, like the role imbalance, basically. No? Uh, okay. No. I like your take well, on it, the heroes. Yeah, yeah I agree. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, what I would bring us back to is, because this all started from any changes we would make. So we started talking about MMR reset. And then, you know, Get Quick Dong came in with the whole uh, mismatch of roles. Is there anything else you guys would, would consider changing about the game's systems that might help? Anything like ELO Hell? Any frustrations that you have? I think we've covered, like, some of the really big ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because um, one thing, actually, one thing I forgot to ask is with the MMR reset, a lot, a lot of people would say, well, that's just kind of temporary, isn't it? Like, what happens eight seasons Maybe. In? But maybe not. Like, you know, we'll I, until we try. Exactly. We won't know until we try. Like, I mean, even if it is, it's still good. So what? Yeah. The more players even will if, come back. It's fun for yeah. the game. It's fresh. It's, yeah. If it changes you know. and it's whatever, it's new, it's fresh, and then it just goes back. Well, at least we had a while of like, you know, um, figuring that out and, you yeah. know, working around it. And, you know, and sometimes maybe some people will actually climb and stay and feel, you know, like they're more where they belong. And 100%. if, if people go back down, then maybe that's where we were supposed to be, and then you have to work from there to, you know, go up anyway, which is where we're at right now. <laughs> so, do you, any of you feel like an Apex style system of like MMR resets, like every season, or you know, just SR resets, but in that way, every season would be viable? Adova Kitty, how about you? Um, for I... context, sorry, for context, anyone listening, uh, you know, like in Apex, when and a split ends, you just go straight back down to bronze and you gotta climb again. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I 
I think just DPS, like, it's, it, it's just weird. It's like DPS are, um, it's, it's easy to like carry on DPS, but it's like so weird, like being on such a different, I, I don't know. I think it's hard to explain. <laughs> It's Maybe okay. come take back it. to me. Yeah, I was like, gonna say take your time. This is just gather. Yeah, yeah. Because then, like, more okay. rolls might be a, a more of an advantage if they're like resetting every time or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I haven't thought like whether it's every season or at least like once, like now and then, like you know, however long until the, I don't know. I guess I just want one in general whether it's just like one fresh one right now and that's it or if it's like every season or i don't know if there's some way to experiment with that you know sorry chat i just want to chime in chat's correcting me there's not a full reset in apex they they drop like a couple ranks and then they come back i thought for i think that for a period of time it was a full reset i think they might have changed that but anyways they drop a little bit so you guys feel like or at least cupcake you feel like you, you just want one. You right want now. one at least, right? Yeah. Yeah. Even if they did one now and then like we tried it out for how many of our seasons and then like maybe from there maybe see how long it took people to balance out or if you know, and then maybe from there do it every season or something. I don't know. But yeah, they could make seasons longer, right? Because if we're yeah. doing a big yeah. change, then seasons will be should be way I longer. Mean, we even have experimental, like maybe we could try something like that in experimental. Exactly, yeah. It would be a long experiment probably, but I mean, it would. I feel like a lot of people would be, be okay with that, you know? Yeah, I Why mean, I think... See how the games are like, yeah. I think I a lot of people... Was like that. A lot of people have left Overwatch. It might give them a reason to come back. Like, exactly. try something new. I think it could bring a lot of old players back. Especially now, like now is the time to do something. Oh, absolutely. Extreme. Yeah, a lot of people are leaving because there's nothing new about Overwatch 2. Like a lot of people are disappointed. I think it could definitely bring some, some more players back into the game. Yeah, I definitely don't play it as much as I used to, you know, but if there was something drastic, I probably would. The only thing that was... makes me like hang in there is like try not to solo queue anymore and like play with For friends. Sure have fun with it i feel like a lot of um content creators have been getting like pretty bored with the game too like i know i got a little burnt out like maybe a few months ago and it's just we need i don't know i i, I think an mmr cool. reset would be a cool experimental chain mm -hmm. i just remembered I, I i got burnt out and I, i'd taken a break before i came back with this recent uh big grind and the reason that i came back was a bait mmr reset so what they did in higher elo is that they made it so that you cannot place over 3,900 at the end of each season. Mm. I can end way higher than that, but it'll also come back to 3,900. And that idea got me so excited for the game. It was unbelievable. It's like every oh, season, wow. now, now everybody has to grind back up. At the very least, you can still have the MMR, but you have to put in the work at least to show your skill again. Brought me back to the game. It was exciting. It was good. So... I, the, Interesting. The the problem that people found with that eventually is that unfortunately because they do it, it every season, everyone feels like well those five placement games that you do are pointless because Agreed. you will always yeah. end up thirty nine hundred. Yeah. 
But if we had I an actual memory set, we'd have longer <laughs> seasons. So. Well, they're doubly pointless in this case because you could, if you yeah. finish 4.4k, it literally doesn't matter what the five games are. You know, it's one thing to start off where you left, but literally doesn't even matter because you will just be 3,900 regardless yeah. of what you do. Yeah. So I, I know that's a gripe that, you know, the highest level streamers have. Um, my personal POV is that I would like uh, a minimum game requirement per season, I think, uh, and then a reset mm. if you don't meet it. Because I think like the things like MMR reset and stuff, again, I, I do think that we can do it once, but then eight seasons down the line, we're down the same place. When do we decide we need another reset? Whereas I think like a, a permanent potential solution is, okay, it's 25 games to be top 500, fine. You have to play 25 games a season per role to not reset your MMR a little bit, right? Let's say you don't play one season, you'll lose, I don't know, 100, 200, whatever fair number is SR. Um, mm -hmm. Because I think if you play enough games, you will you will fluctuate as you should, right? So as we talked about like yeah. meta boosting or people who've stayed away from the game for a while, right. the people who need to go down will go down and the people who are willing to climb and grind will go up. The biggest problem is when people don't play and then they come back and burst in, in sporadic mm -hmm. bits and then they're holding on to their SR, et cetera, et cetera. So I think mm -hmm. if you at least mandate 25 games, people are getting to where they should be. And if they're not playing, then they're, they're dropping as they should. Because if you're not playing, you you're not improving. This? I have. I have it's told so this good. to Blizzard. Yeah. Um, so good. We'll see if we'll see what they think. I this okay. I, I, I do want to say the devs are trying to be more communicative, but this is one front where they it's like pin drop silence. So mm. I wouldn't be optimistic, but um, yeah, I think it it would be better personally. Um, yeah. But yeah, okay. solve a lot of issues as well. I think so too. I think so too. I think it's something I've racked with for a while and that's why I'm like this is I think this is the best thing I can come up with I'm sure someone has better ideas and I'm sure someone right now is thinking that's a shit idea SUV but sure we're allowed that yeah. <laughs> I, um, I think it's a great idea I do too yeah okay well thanks for the the validation guys I appreciate it um, <laughs> okay so I know I've taken a lot of you guys time and what I like to do when I'm in, heading towards the end of the podcast is always try and leave something optimistic so we are kind of discussing you know changes and stuff so what I'd love is is uh, for you guys to tell me the one thing or one or a few things that you would really like to see okay. in this regard in the wider topic nice. of uh, Elo Hell. What up, a dad? Is that is that dad ten? My dad's bring me a care package. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. That's nice. That's great. If only we all had dads bring nice. us care package. <laughs> it's good life. Nice. Hey, oh. right, dad ten is back. Another care package. Okay. We live in the life. Three. Yeah, so oh gosh, sorry. His name's D10. <laughs> D10? Sounds like a Dungeons and Dragons dice. But... <laughs> um, yeah, so one thing in the, in the sort of wider scope of Elo Hell, it could be anything. It could be a change that you really want to see in the game or the systems, or it could be maybe a plea to the ranked community and say, guys, please, can we do this? So I'll start. Uh, Adobe Kitty, actually, sorry, did you figure out the thing you wanted to say before I move on to I that? I think it was covered pretty well by okay. Cupcake Light. I'm, I'm, I, th I think we went pretty well on it. Okay. So on that note, then one thing that you guys would like to see maybe, you know, done or changed. I'll start with A10. Done or changed to anything at all? Anything. Anything. Uh, Let's say you're, you're in charge of, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, uh, with the frame of improving the, you know, ELO hell yeah. ranked kind of experience. From Blizzard's POV. Or from my view, you're 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 in charge of Blizzard. You're now the same. It's the same thing. Blizzard and you are one now. Okay. I don't know if it's ever been done before, but what I would do is 
I wouldn't try to fix, personally, I wouldn't try to fix those things or those things that are born out of something that that's not really my, wouldn't be in my control. It'd be better to focus on updates, make the game better, give more content, give people something else to fixate on other than like these awful things dragging them down. It's like, why not, right? Make it, make a fun game. Then you can justify going through that hell. You can justify going through all those other things. There's a means to an end. So I don't have anything specific that I would like do. So I'm not very helpful to Blizzard or I wouldn't be very <laughs> helpful, but right. That'd be my POV on it. It makes a lot of sense. I do think a lot of frustration in the game comes from the staleness and people's frustration with the state of the game. Yeah. Uh, as much as just the playing of it as well. Uh, Cupcake, let's go to you next. Um, I think that, I mean, I, I kind of agree, like updates and stuff would be great. And I would like that. I think I'm going to focus more on like what I want to say to other players instead. So especially because like the whole reason we did this, right, is because you had a lot of people that are in plat or, you know, the metal ranks, as you call it. Um, and so I guess being someone in that rank, you know, with y'all, if y'all are in that rank, is just um, just practice more mindfulness. Like just like, oh, please just like, try so hard to not get tilted or you know to try to pick on things that just bring the dynamic down just like maybe try a little bit to combat that and just try to enjoy the game for what it is what you can control in the game and um i don't know i guess just or at least like just be in voice chat <laughs> Even if you don't want to use your mic, just be in voice chat, just help, just like listen, just help everyone work together. Okay. Like just teamwork makes the dream work. All right. Like, please. <laughs> so if you're stuck in flat, like we don't have to be stuck in flat. Okay. If you feel like <laughs> that you can climb and like you're better than that, like if we just work together as a team, be mindful, don't let the, you know, rage <laughs> come out. Like just, try you know that's that's all i ask like if everyone on my team would just you know just try a little bit more at not letting the game tilt you because like what do you get from it nothing you know at least try and if you're getting dominated by smurfs don't just like Sorry. gg <laughs> just, yeah, blame a10 basically <laughs> just you know like try to make it as like a, a learning experience like okay team like what can we do let's you know figure something out let's let's at least try because, man, if we can, like, figure a way to push through this, even if we don't win, it's like, hey, we made progress. And that's something that we can take with us in the next game. Like, stop giving up so easily, please. Even if you lose a player, don't give up. You can still do it. 5v6 is a thing. I absolutely love that, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's what makes Overwatch fun, just having a better team, like a team that wants to work together. Because, yeah. so. like, I want to win, too. It's not like, oh, I just want to have fun. All I care about is having fun. No, yeah. like, I also really want to win, too, you know? So, like... It's it's definitely possible to balance the two, whether you're someone queuing, like I'm queuing, I'm playing to win, like, so you better be queuing to play too, like to win too, or if you're, because we're going to always have those two dynamics on our teams, like I want to win, I want to have fun, like it's totally possible to balance the two and have both. And I Let's just want to be better. <laughs> Let's be better is the, is the wholesome message from Cupcake. Yeah. We don't have to do this, guys. We don't have to do it. We doesn't have to be like this. Yeah, it doesn't have to be this way. 
Adobe Kitty, how about you? What's your one major change? I think that content creators should like, I don't know, we should be able to like come up with, I, okay, I really love the experimental that we were given, like, given in like April from content creators. And I think that it could be a good way to keep people on their toes and like, you know, have fun with Overwatch, like getting all of their, you know, patch note updates, um, even outside of experimental. Like, you know, I think content creators like have played so much Overwatch also that they know what Overwatch needs. And um, I don't know, just getting ideas from the people that play Overwatch the most, like on how to balance could be, could be good. Mm -hmm. So more intimate relationship between content creators and Blizzard. Kind yes. of what you're yeah, I, I think that that would be really good, especially for Overwatch 2. Makes sense. Definitely. And yeah. hopefully mm -hmm. that's something that they are aware of. It feels like they are. I know it's a very hot topic discussion. I'm not going to tread into those waters because I know every time this comes up, there's like this split divide of NDA creators versus everyone else. And it's just like when I say I think the devs, devs are trying harder, people are like, shut the fuck up. You, you, you're under NDA and you, you, you're into the privy information and you don't know what it's like for us who don't know much. But if you do put, you know, assault grains worth of value in my words, I do think the devs are trying harder. So we'll see if it, mm -hmm. it results in anything. But at yeah. least there are people trying. Um, yeah. My thing, I think, there's a lot of things that we could change. I think the bingo card of the Group Up podcast is I would really like more team play to be encouraged because I think one thing we didn't really even get to is solo queue is kind of encouraged in many ways maximum duo right the, the game when you start stacking the game tries to give you like harder games uh -huh. um and it's not really like a team queue system there's not frequent tournaments the experimental tournament was great cupcake you and i played in the team it was a lot of fun because we had that so chance it was like the and best would... time i've had in overwatch in a very long time and it was because i was playing with a group of people that like were the same mindset like just want to have fun and we're working together as a team communicating about things we can do better it was amazing <laughs> and I concur. I think like that is what makes Overwatch fun. I think anyone who's played like an actual 6v6 game of Overwatch will always come out and tell you in A10, I know you've done this as well. So he's like, this is just a different game. This yeah. is the way 100%. the game should be. Yeah. And I don't know why we play the fake game that we play in ladder, right? Why we why do we play this fake game? That's not Overwatch. Uh so yeah. I would really love more team stuff like to be encouraged and True. to really see people uh, play. Or yeah. separate the ladder as well. Because we, yeah. we, 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 yeah. we can only do at the high ranks. Like it just Yeah. Don't even give us the chance so oh wow yeah i'm just yeah. i'm over solo queue like if i have to keep solo queuing i uh, like i'm not gonna make it that much longer you know so <laughs> like i'm being super mindful about like if i'm playing overwatch this week it's because i'm i'm gonna play with someone like i'm gonna have a good time i'm gonna play the game the way i feel like it's supposed to be played like i don't have anything to prove to anyone it, it doesn't even it doesn't matter it doesn't make any like I don't care what anyone thinks about me or my gameplay or whatever. I, I want to have fun and I want to learn and be better at the same time. So that's that's what I'm going to do. And I wouldn't be surprised. I do with Kitty. Was your burnout partly down to solo queue as well when you said you kind of burnt out from the game? Yeah, I I think playing with friends is just, it's a lot more fun, but it's really like, it's just kind of sucks that Overwatch doesn't really want you to duo or trio because of the games that you get from doing that mm -hmm. um i just feel like you get put against people that are a lot more hard like to play against and just the it, it's 
it's just not a fun experience sometimes. And yeah. it can it can really tilt people. I've seen it tilt a lot of people before. Yeah, it definitely should be a, a punishment to want to like group up and play with even up to six people. <laughs> yeah, it really shouldn't. Maybe if they even if they needed like different, I don't know, competitive like yeah. games for that, be that'd be though. fine. Yeah. Play with your okay, friends, like competitive. Yeah, I I think that'd be cool. Maybe something definitely worth trying. That reminds me. A lot of, like, I'm a quick play warrior. I love quick play. <laughs> I've always played a ton of quick play. But a lot of people are surprised by that. But it's something that I always tell people to do that are getting burnt out or tilted or that. Like, like, Overwatch is a fun game. It just is. Playing it with your friends in quick play, it, it could still be, like, a decent quality matches. Just fun. It's casual. You get to mess about. A lot of people forget about that, I think. So. Or workshop mode. Hopefully of your friends. Yeah, yeah workshop's fun. Super fun. I think it often yeah. gets neglected because, again, a lot of the POV comes from streamers, and I think generally people don't like watching streamers play quick play or arcade oh. modes. Definitely. As a streamer, yeah. I understandable, but... never wanted to play it on stream just because it's not what anyone really wanted exactly. to watch, so I think which is another problem. Down. Then you're, yeah. as a streamer, you're forcing six hours of competitive, even if you're not having a great competitive day, but it's the content that you're oh, yeah. expected to make, and I feel like that's definitely a whole... I mean, yeah, well, that's a whole other thing. It's just pushing too much just to make content. You're not just playing... Yeah. You know, oh, I won three games. I'll stop here. Well, no, not really, because I have five more hours of stream. So yeah, <laughs> if you're on a losing streak, well, yeah. Anyways, I and also like I haven't played quick play in a lot and like quite a while. I just I don't like how you know I, I want people to be trying. So I do. Quick play games can be more competitive than comp. Just saying. Yeah. I I <laughs> like, have yet to be. see that. Like sometimes, like I don't know. I. No, I, I genuinely agree. I hundred. Yeah. I actually think my quick play games, especially when I stack, really? I think are more balanced. Okay. Than yeah. Com. Also, okay. like it's. I love quick play. I think it's ironically. Sorry, I think it's ironically somehow the looser matchmaking is actually better. It's kind of what we were alluding to earlier, where it's like, in the old days, you would just throw twelve people in a in a custom lobby and say go. And I think something about that mentality with quick play actually works better. Maybe it's also a mental thing where people are no, going I think it has different MMR. expectations. It has MMR. No, it does have an MMR, but it's much looser yeah. from what oh, I gather. Oh, true, because like, it could be literally anyone. Yeah, you can right. kind of, you know, it can kind of take, you know, Not it bad. takes, yeah, it's just much looser in its criteria. Yeah. And I somehow think like that, and I think maybe the mental approach we take, I think is, makes it just a better experience. But who knows the ins and outs should of play it. quick play sometime then. And they're shorter games too. We should, but chat, please don't leave when when a counter career starts quick play, because then they're just gonna make them sad and, and gonna no, I played off stream. I played off misery grind. Yeah, that's true. That's true as well. Okay, guys, thank you so much for your time. It's been a wonderful discussion. Uh, you know, I really am grateful for the time you gave me. Two and a half hours have flown by, um, yeah. and it's been wonderful talking to you guys and getting your POVs. Is there anything else you want to add uh, on anything that we've discussed today before I kind of sign off? Mm. No? Okay. All right. Now. Well, it's been really so fun, though. It was nice yeah. like, chatting about all of these topics because I don't really um, like go in depth conversations with a lot of people about some of these topics. A lot of it's just like stuff that's just floating around my own head, you know? So it's nice uh, having the, the discussion. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. No, thank you guys for being nice. here. It's always nice to kind of you know, feel like, you know, actually, I think a lot of people just actually end up having the same experience without, you know, necessarily communicating with each other. We're all kind of going through the same BS. So it's nice to let it out, is which I'm sure some of our listeners are feeling as well. But yes, on that note, guys, thank yeah. you so much. Guys, please check out Cupcake810 and Dover Kitty. 
Uh, there's a command in chat right now, exclamation mark before their name will bring up all their socials. Please go make sure you like, follow, subscribe, send love, send hearts their way. Same YouTube, if you're watching this later, it'll be in the video description. Uh, Spotify listeners as well, it's the same idea. So thank you guys for your time. I'll be back in a little bit. I'm just gonna take a quick like two, two, three minute intermission and we'll continue the stream. But for the group up podcast section, that is it. So thank you very much, guys. Thank Peace you. Out. Thank you.